This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free to 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Your calls, of course, are the primary element of the program if you make them you really can bring up virtually anything. To start things out here tonight, looks like the U.S. military is going to start recruiting at a younger and younger age. Now, I don't mean actually bringing people into the military as a you know, full-fledged member, as in somebody that can't escape. You know, when you sign their little agreement, you're basically signing your life away for eight years, and they can do whatever it is they want to you uh, in that period of time. I'm By and large, ta- it seems like. Right. I'm not talking about that. Not They're not quite to the point where they're ready to take 14-year-olds yet. But according to the Associated Press, in Wichita, Kansas, the U.S. Army wants middle school students. The Wichita School District in south-central Kansas is one of a few nationwide offering middle school programs based on the Junior Reserve Officers Training Corps curriculum. That's Jay Rothsey. Top Army officials are studying its programs to see if they could be a model for others nationwide. The Army is collaborating with the National Association of School Boards to develop a so-called Jay Rothsey Plus program that would use the high school Jay Rothsey curriculum as a basis for a middle school program, Army Jay Rothsey Director Colonel John Vanderbleek said. We want to reach students at that age before they make decisions that may put them at risk, said Vanderbleek, who came to Wichita recently from Fort Monroe, Virginia, to see Kansas, uh, the Kansas program for himself. The Army plans to fund a pilot program next year, and the money will most likely go to an existing program like the one in Wichita. So now you've got the Army, which is, of course, a tremendously large government bureaucracy. The U.S. military is huge. We were talking about the the funding last night of the the military and how the uh, the U.S. military defense, so-called defense spending, uh, is bigger than all, almost the entire rest of the world combined. Almost. It's There's like, almost as much money spent on, um, in this, on our military by United States citizens as all citizens in the rest of the world spend on their militaries, basically. Well, it's not my military, and I, I, understand don't, the, I don't spend... I understand you don't like the possessive pronouns. Yeah. Let's, go, let's, let's talk about the numbers. Am I correct there? Right. It was like 700-something billion uh, compared to 100... Or 200 for all of Europe, or something like that. So, so it's huge. But now, what we're seeing here is the U.S. military, or in this case, the Army, taking some of its significant budget and distributing it now to the government schools. Now, I guess this has been happening to some extent with the J. Rossi programs for high school, but now it's uh, ex- they're looking at expanding it to all of the middle schools around the country. How far are we before we hit an elementary school version of Jay Rotsy? You know, get them some little uh, camo pants or whatever and get them out there in the in the field in, in fifth grade instead of seventh grade or eighth grade. Because that's what they're talking about now, middle school Jay Rotsy. I, I, I already figured that was happening. I mean, I didn't go to regular middle school because I went to the gifted school. And thank goodness I did because I, I was kind of up with the idea of joining the military when oh, I was in high school, and had sure. I had a ROTC program to join, I might have very well have joined it. Thank goodness I didn't, because I'm glad now I did not get involved in such things. I'm glad I found a direction uh, for my life that was interesting for me, that I could uh, pursue, that was far more interesting than 
doing military stuff. But if I had been in their program, who knows what that would have done to coax me in their direction? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know from a practical standpoint whether it's better or worse because maybe kids will get in and say, "Wow, this whole drilling thing, you know, walking around in ten hut and all that stuff stinks. I'm not doing this." Maybe they'll dislike it. I don't know. Possible. But I find it very disturbing. I loved playing Army Dudes when I was a kid. It would have been right up yeah, my alley. Maybe, but that's war games, and I don't know that. I don't yeah. know whether ROTC gets to do that. They probably do. I mean, at some Go point. paintballing or, or something. Yeah, probably. they probably get to do something like that, because that's just the kind of thing that sells for the military, you know? And walking yeah. around in the hot sun with a with a uh, gun slung over your back probably doesn't. Well, they do go shoot rifles and things like that, as I understand it. They, they probably do. Yeah. But, um, you know, what disturbs me about it is that they're going into government school and do re- doing recruiting. Mm-hmm. I have to pay for this school, and I am not comfortable with uh, recruiters going into the school that I have to pay for and recruiting kids uh, to the military. I'm not interested in that. Please count me out. However, if I try to count myself out, they'll take my house away from me. Yeah. That's the problem. And that's what I have a real issue with. So I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't, you know, this is, this is a bad idea, but then again, does it, it's already happening in the high schools, middle school, I don't know, whatever. Now this is Wichita in, uh, in South Central Kansas. Uh, they're offering middle school programs for J-Rotsy. And according to the story here, it says that Wichita's program uses a military structure to teach civics lessons. What exactly does that mean? If you've got one of these kids, you can do whatever you want. It also was uh, started 12 years ago by a supervisor in Jay Rotsey and retired Army colonel who, uh, is, let's see, Robert Hester. I was very impressed with the ability of Colonel Hester to establish a program in 12 schools and find teachers and instructors with prior military service. That's how <laughs> drill, drill instructors talk, right? <laughs> uh, maybe a little Doesn't louder. They might yell a little louder. I'm not really yelling. Uh, Vanderbleek said, Kansas State Board of Education member said he plans to lobby for Wichita's existing program to be selected as the Army's pilot program. He said the Army's got a lot deeper pockets than education. For the school board members, it's all about getting money. Now they, I'm sure most of them are just, you know, nationalists through and through, but it's not even so much about the, the whole nationalism thing. It's about, hey, these guys, they're going to cut us check. We'll get this new program and we'll get a check in and, uh, well, that's great. Dennis, a uh, data specialist at North High School and retired Air Force colonel, expects to represent the state on the National Education Planning Committee for JROTC+. The Wichita program faced some opposition when it began in 1997 because of concerns about military influence in recruiting, but little opposition is expected to the national program. If you get into the leadership program and see what it is, you lose suspicion that they are the recruiting. There's nothing in the curriculum that focuses on military service. <laughs> you believe that one? No. I don't believe it for a second. <laughs> you get into Then the... what is the purpose of it? <laughs> to teach civilians how to walk around together in in uh in, in uniform patterns? Right. It says it's Cuz that's it, a value? Right. It says it's civics lessons. Who's been in this J Rotsy thing? Can you call and explain what this was like because I never really came across it until I was in 12th grade when I I left the gifted school and i went to regular school uh that's when i first started seeing people wearing fatigues walking around high school campus 
for me, that was, I mean, not heard of Jay Rotsey before, but I never really actually seen it. I don't know whether I ever saw, um, I, th- I think vaguely may, I may have seen some kids walking around. I don't know. I every never really day. paid any attention to it. I saw it every single day. Uh, students will have to sell the middle school Jay Rotsey program to their communities before they can ask the Army for money. The application pros, uh, progress or progress is expected to be very competitive. Wichita's Jay Rotsey program, now this is just for the seed money point of information here. This is just for the the seed money for trying this program out. Eventually, they want to take this nationwide, in which case then the money will be offered to everybody. There won't be any sort of competition uh, in that particular case. And he says, uh, the spokesman says, being a good cadet means being a good cadet in school. Are the, of the 8th grade students who are in the 2004 program, 80% graduated from high school last year. That compares with a 64% graduation rate for those not in the program. So, hey, if you join Jay Rotsey, you're more likely to jo- to uh, complete high school. So everybody should be in Jay Rotsey. Hey, maybe I, it'll become a mandate soon, Mark. Maybe every single student. I think that somebody who could make the same claim, cl- um, claim of chess club chess or club. key club or whatever, um, you know, that... You know, Something that engages young people in an after-school activity. Or, or the people that would be likely to join these things would be likely to finish school, Right. I, I suppose chickens yeah. and eggs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't. Point. I don't know whether the chess club prepares right. young people for finishing, uh, you know, the government high school's nearly worthless uh, uh, curriculum, or whether the people that join the chess club are just more likely to, to complete it because well, that's what we've been all told that it's the best thing to do. I am um, of the opinion that uh, you know you're probably better off to getting a GED and getting out there in the to, to work or yeah. you know going on to get more schooling for a real career. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. They're saying this Jay Rotsey thing, oh, it's not about recruiting at all. What do you have to say? Were you involved? Can you tell us what the real story is? It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Toll House Morsels. There are a million reasons to bake with Toll House. Find yours at VeryBestBaking.com. A balanced diet is important, but so is the occasional treat. Working with your kids to bake a dessert from scratch helps them to appreciate it even more, and it keeps them from resenting having to eat their veggies every other day. Plus, baking is a perfect excuse to spend time with your kids, since just being together is a treat. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. Just dial in toll-free, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, you can click and download right there on the front page of the website. It's that easy. There's no logging in. There's no membership fee or anything like that. They're just yours free at freetalklive.com. Audiblepodcast.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks, magazines, and radio shows for your iPod or MP3 player. Play them on your computer, too, if you'd like. You can try them out today by downloading a free audiobook at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's how you get a free book. These are bestsellers and unabridged. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. All right. We're talking about Jay Rotsey, the Junior Reserve Officers Training Corps. Uh, somebody suggested that I was making a mistake by calling it Jay Rotsey, but it's, it's in point of fact different from Rotsey, which is the Reserve Officers Training Corps. Uh, ROTC is a college-based officer commissioning program, 
whereas the this is from Wikipedia, whereas the J. Rotsey Junior Reserve Officers Training Corps is a federal program sponsored by the armed forces for high schools across the United States. Now, the I think that what um, he was trying to correct you on was the not. Um, the difference between the two programs, but with the pronunciation, ROTC versus ROTC. Right, I was pronouncing it J-ROTC, wasn't I? Yeah. So Okay, so you're saying it's not supposed to be called ROTC? Correct. I'd always heard it called that when I was in high school. That's what the kids, that's what the kids in the South called it. All right. So if, if I am incorrect, please feel free to correct me at 800-259-9231. But the reason we bring this up is because... The military wants to expand the J-ROTC program, or the J-R-O-T-C, which, by the way, takes too many syllables, in my opinion. So, I'll continue doing J-ROTC. Uh, the military wants to expand it to include middle schools now. And in Wichita, they are doing a target, or a test program, and I want to hear from you. They're, they're claiming that, oh, no, no, this, this, whoa, this is not a recruiting program at all. This is about civics. So let's go to you and see what you have to say about this. Uh, were you in ROTC or J ROTC? Sean is in North Carolina. Sean, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi, Ian. Hi, Mark. Hey, hey, Sean. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I spent about four years in the J R O T C program when I was in high school. And did did you all call it J R O T C or was it called J ROTC? It depended how formal the conversation was. Usually among students, it was called ROTC. Gotcha. Without even the J. Okay, understood. Um, while I was there, the courses did involve some civics lessons in that there were lessons on how the government is designed to operate and the general, this is the Constitution and this is what it's supposed to do. I had that class, except we didn't have to wear fatigues to go to it. I, uh, I, it was called government class. When I, I was had a similar class as well. This was part of the, the, the thing. And uh, we actually had the, the dress uniforms at my particular school. but Dress uniforms? Old. Yeah, the, the standard uh, army green uniforms rather than the camo fatigues. Would, would you have to dress out in fatigues for any uh, sort of other purposes, or was it always the, the uniforms? Uh, we had uh, the fatigues were actually reserved for uh, special teams within uh, the Latvian program uh, for uh, sports sports competition types of things. Hmm. So if you uh, would go, sh- so if you'd go shooting then or something like that, you'd you'd wear the fatigues. Uh, there, there was a rifle team and. Uh, team, which was mostly physical fitness, and uh, uh, I know there was a 5K run involved, which I nearly died on every time. And, and they called that the Raider team? Raider, yes. Hmm. Okay. Yes, I guess it was a play on Ranger, because you can't have too many Army Rangers, I guess. So, how much of this do you think was really preparation to get people to join the military? I mean, it seems so obvious to me, but they're denying it. What do you have to a say to that? A huge amount of it was recruiting. We had recruiters from all four branches in <laughs> the classes every time I took them. So I heard the spiel from every recruiter every year, probably twice a year in some cases. Really? So, and the uh, my particular program uh, made sure there were recruiters in the lunchrooms during lunches at least once a week. Hmm. For the regular so, students or for the, uh, the, the JROTC kids? dealt with the RTC cadets, but they were in the lunchroom to talk to try to recruit the regular students as well. Sure, so sure. Th- so they're standing sort of over the ROTC kids, I guess, like prison guards. And Well, the um, ROTC kids are going to come and hang around that. I mean, if you've got a military recruiter in the cafeteria, the ROTC kids are going to come up and just kind of mill about. They're going to sit near that table. They're, gonna, they're going to likely be encouraged to bring their friends. Did, did that happen? Very much so. That's mm-hmm. very much what it was, is, is 
we all thought this was the great thing to do, and this is what we do. So it was, there was a lot of recruiting going on now. I believe it, Sean. Did you end up getting uh, joining the military uh, proper, or did I you... actually signed up with the Marine Corps, but I was unable to join due to not meeting the physical requirements. Oh, really? Oh, okay. What um, uh, did, did you? Did the other recruiters feel badly because you went with the Marines, or you know, what? 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 what how's that go? Because I mean, there were recruiters all over the place. Uh, they were not uh, uh, upset about which branch I joined, but uh, they had all the different. They, they represented all the branches. They did strongly encourage Army in my particular program, but there's actually programs in other schools for the other branches. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, all right. Um, anything else you want to share about your experience? Because you pretty much confirmed my suspicions. Not really, but I do want to say I am in the process of heading up there to Keene and should be there before Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. Congratulations on that. What made you decide to, uh, we're talking about, of course, you're referencing the Free State Project, a movement of thousands of like-minded, liberty-oriented people all coming to the same geographic area, and New Hampshire was chosen. But what was it that, just curious, what made you decide on Keene? Uh, actually, it's uh, between Free Talk Live and the activism I've seen at freekeene.com. I'm really impressed with what's going on up there, I think. Okay, great. So, so the candlelight vigil that was held out in front of the the one of the judges' houses and the prosecutor's house didn't offend you. No, it did not offend me in the slightest. It seemed to be very well managed. I like Mark's question that the knocking on his door is kind of drawing attention to things. But uh, other than that, I had no problems with it at all. Very good. See you soon, and thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. Thank you for the uh, the expertise, the inside look into the ROTC program or the JROTC. Uh, program that is now looking at expanding into middle school. So get them while they're nice and young. I mean, if you thought kids were vulnerable when they were 18, 17, 16, and 15, wait until you start targeting them at age 13 and 12 and 14. I don't know if it's going to matter much, honestly. I don't think that it's going to increase or decrease uh, uh, recruitment at all, I just it I what know. bothers me is the uh, you know the sort of the dr- drill sergeant mentality thing being given to kids more and more often. Mm-hmm. To, you know, just kind of as it's it's normal. I don't know. I mean, I I would guess this is going to increase the amount of recruiting that they do because why else would they be doing it? Well, they might be trying to increase the amount of recruitment that they're doing. But remember, the government's bad at everything it does, and that includes recruitment. Yeah, but kids are also gullible well, and, and, and violent uh, little beasts. Yeah, um, and so they're they're the the, the most prime uh, you know targets. Little but it, boys are going to eat this stuff up. If they, they really wanted to recruit more guys to the military, give bigger signing bonuses. You know, forget these little classes that are going to cost them millions of dollars a school. I don't have any idea. Just give them bigger signing bonuses to sign up. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Now, isn't there a Quaker program to counteract this? There is, but it's very small, as you can imagine. It comes from the free market. They can't extract taxes for it. Well, and they have to ask permission to be on school campus to counter-recruit. More coming up. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. In an ancient time, in a land where the fates of mortals were determined by gods, only one man had the courage to defy them all. Fear nothing, and let's show death and the gods alike that we're the ones to be afraid of. Odysseus the Rebel, coming this October from Big Head Press. Pre-order the graphic novel for only $12.95. Visit ComicShopLocator.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other fine booksellers. 
Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features... They're free, so enjoy those on us. We've got uh, the Shrine of Female listeners there with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo or video to uh, show that they are listeners to the program. See that and get involved if you are a lady listener at shrine.freetalklive.com. The newest graphic novel from Big Head Press is Odysseus the Rebel and... Man, it's not your daddy's uh, odyssey. This Odysseus defies the ancient gods with every fiber of his being and an unyielding hunger for personal freedom. Get it for twelve ninety five from your local comic shop or Amazon.com. That's uh, Odysseus the Amazon. Rebel. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. Yeah. sorry. <laughs> it's Odysseus the Rebel, and it is, I, I read it, and I found it to be a, a great uh, graphic novel. I highly endorse it. Odysseus the Rebel. All right, 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. Jeremiah is in Oregon, and you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jeremiah. Jeremiah, you're on the air. I am here. What's on your mind tonight? Um, well, actually, I wasn't in ROTC, but I uh, did go to uh, Hargrave Military Academy in uh, Virginia for uh, three and a half years. Okay. And um, they uh, they are very good at uh, inundating young kids into... Uh, Trying to manipulate them into, uh, you know, being being patriotic. Um, they had kids there as young as seventh grade, and uh, I mean, they were just as hard on the seventh graders as they were on the seniors. You know, um, you know, it's, it, they're all about you know God and country and all that, and mm-hmm. uh, which is fine for you know personal beliefs. But I feel like, you know, I don't think that we go to school to have to be, you know, manipulated into believing that. Well, the, you um, are talking about military academies, so I expect yeah. <laughs> that the the intensity factor is going to be a little bit higher there than it would be at a, a JROTC program at, at a regular government high school. So your parents oh, yeah, chose to send you to that particular place, right? They did. They did, because I was getting bad grades. Ah, I see. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't it wasn't necessarily the idea of we're going to pre- uh, prepare our son to join the military. It was because you were getting bad grades and you needed you know they thought you needed the military style discipline. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, you know, and it was, it's, it's funny actually because you know a lot of the a lot of the kids that uh, end up going to military school, you know, they decide that uh, you know that they're going to um, you know go into the military because they enjoy the experience so much. And it was actually the opposite with me. I, um, when I was, you know, probably about 12 or so, I always wanted to be uh, a Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. Then I uh, went to military school and uh, found out what it was all about and decided I liked living my life the way I wanted to live it, you know, and, uh, you know, be able to do what I wanted to do. And actually now, you know, now that I, you know, I graduated, uh, what, five years ago now, and it's become the, you know, the complete opposite now, you know, that I have no right. desire to go to the military. Right now, and, uh, now I'm a uh, a pacifist, whereas I used to want to join the the, the military. Uh, exactly. Boy. And uh, yeah, I remember yeah, I, yeah. when I was in high school, I actually made fun of Quakers, and now I'm a Quaker. Uh, you know, I <laughs> yeah, yeah. We talk- I, I actually I um, didn't really know too much about Quakers until um, my girlfriend was telling me about you know the beliefs of Quakers and William Penn, and, and uh, I'm a native actually, so I um, was doing some research on that and. Found out they actually treated natives a lot better than a lot of the uh, other uh, European colonies. Mm, makes which sense. Was, uh, very, you know, appeasing. But, when you say native, you uh, mean Native American. What's that? When you say native, you mean Native American. 
Yes, that's correct. Gotcha. I'd like to have um, a better term for that. I can tell you that. Uh, and Quaker? The, the, no, the Native American. Oh, okay. Being born here, I consider myself a Native Redskin. American. Redskin. Well, okay, okay. Well, you know, I'm uh, I'm one B. Lumbee Indian, so okay. maybe a little bit more specific. But um, actually, what I what I uh, originally wanted to talk to you tonight was yeah. about the uh, the attitude of a lot of the the uh, kids that are going into the military or people that might be in the military. Um, I was actually talking to a, uh, a coworker last night about um, well, he was he was telling me that uh, that he you know he's he's trying to get into the, into the Air Force and uh, he had a recruiter that uh, I guess was supposed to call him back to try to get in, and he never called him back. And I was, you know, I told him, oh, you're lucky, you know, you should just, you know, maybe not go into it. And, uh, but no, he's decided that he's going to go and try to find another recruiter to get in because he's that desperate to get in. Jeez. And, yeah, and he, in and, and, and the same conversation that he had, he told me that uh, the difference between an animal and a terrorist is the number of bullets it takes to take him down, which uh, I replied that he made me sick. <laughs> Well, you know, you know because just... I'm not real fond of terrorists either. I'm just not mm-hmm. sure that you can tell one by the turban on their head or whatever. Well, exactly, and, and like I like I told him, you know, I I don't uh, I don't support terrorists any more than you do. I don't support you know violence in any way, whether it comes from yeah you know a marine or or a terrorist, you know. But it just seems that you know a lot of a lot of the people I've known that that have gone into the military are uh, you know they have the similar mentality. You know, I was sitting at a Starbucks and uh, talking to a young man. It's probably been five years now, but uh, just to listen to him talk, he was essentially talking like a cold-blooded killer. He's essentially what he, I mean, not essentially, what he was saying was, I can't wait to get into the military so that I can kill people legally. Oh, dear. I mean, those are the words coming out of this boy's mouth. Yep, Yep. people are attracted to that That's how it is for a lot of them. I believe you know, a lot it. of them have that very same mentality. I uh, talked to a uh, he was an Army Scout sniper um, a couple years ago, and he's sitting there bragging about the body count that he racked up oh, over it's there. Sick. You know? So sick. It really is, and I, I just you know I, I don't I won't even talk to this kid at work anymore because of that. You know, it's just it really is just it's disgusting. You know. Thanks for it's sharing that tonight. Anything else you want to talk about? Um, no, that's that's it. I uh, appreciate Thank uh, you. letting me on, and I really enjoy. No your problem, show. Jeremiah. I appreciate hearing from you tonight at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You know, um, I was uh, I, I saw on Facebook a military guy's uh, uh, little uh, blurb there, and he said, "Thou shalt not kill," and then he says, "Well, uh, thou shalt not try to kill me either," as if the people that are trying to kill him. Defe- you know, I mean, defending their homeland, whatever yeah. that is, from right. invaders, as far as they're concerned, are more wrong for trying to kill him. Granted, people trying to kill me are, you know, might very well get the business end of whatever I had around. If they were coming to you to try to kill you instead of you being, but there. when you expend a, a great deal of fuel, I can't, t- I can't tell you how many hundreds of gallons of uh, of petrol it must have taken in order to get that guy from here to there. Yeah. And and all the equipment that he has with him in order to for him to, to seem indignant about uh, them shooting at him. I'm not saying he should catch bullets or anything like that, but, you know... Such a skewed perspective. It is so twisted. Six months in the brig? Really? I mean, for just saying, I'm not going to go out and shoot anybody anymore? Really? I mean, is it, that, is it so bad? Imagine, man, tomorrow you go out and there's a, the slap of a two-two-three hitting you in the chest... Ruining your life, assuming you have it afterwards, six months in the brig, you can handle it. It's okay.
you'll come home to your your uh, girlfriend or you'll come home to your kids or whatever it is if that's uh, if that's the case but mm-hmm. if you get shot well maybe you won't make it back 800-259-9231 that is the SACL CAI toll free line but that's all right mark fighting for the freedom they're fighting for freedom it's okay it's all right to kill if you're killing for freedom. The freedom right? of politicians to extract money from American citizens. The freedom of politicians and their um to to shove money into the pockets of their friends in the now, military sir, industrial now it's for company. freedom uh, for freedom from the the Islamo fascists. Okay, Islamo fascists. Fighting, fighting for that freedom, not right. There aren't any Afghanistan Afghanistani Islamo fascists that have ever attacked this country and or you. terrorists. Right, they're terrorists. They're, they told you they were terrorists. Sure, man. Believe in Muhammad. Never <laughs> fine. You got to kill folks that believe in Muhammad. Lots That's of what people in this. Christ said. Christ said to kill them. Saying ends. There's plenty of them in this country. If you really wanted to do it, you'd just be a murderer over Jesus here. Jesus said that if you've got a turban, you must die. There's no turbans on those people. Well, if you're brown, you <laughs> must die because Jesus was a white man with a beard and uh, was not brown at all. Sikhs wear turbans. Seek. Seek and destroy. That's what I have to say to that. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. There's more to the. Uh, well, there's more to talk about here tonight besides military-esque things. Of course, we'll take your calls about anything. We'll also uh, maybe travel overseas, do a little international reporting from uh, the U.K. and maybe even Australia. And we'll find out what sort of awful, tyrannical uh, things are happening around the world. Remember, even if you're in the United States, it's relevant what's happening in other parts of the world, especially so-called Western portions of the world, because those ideas can be duplicated here. So look out. More coming up here. 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. If you've seen the Lakota Nation silver round from the Free Lakota Bank, you know it's one of the most beautiful pieces available today. And a really fun way of giving the Federal Reserve the middle finger. Free Talk Live listeners can get them for the absurdly low rate of $22.30. That's right, $22.30. Call 877-857-9938 or go to silver.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can at once. It's 877-857-9938, silver.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, and if you enjoy the program, you can help Free Talk Live out by simply voting for us. Now, Mark, you told me today that we were ahead by a handful of votes. That was a few hours ago, so I don't know if that's still the case. It's been a very heavy and heated competition this month. We still need to solidify our lead if we are in first place. And so that means we need you to go to vote.freetalklive.com. Right. We're uh, you know running for our lives here in this contest. I suppose that's a hyper, hyperbole, hyperbolic. hyperbolic. But... Um, you know, I'd rather run from in front than from in, uh, from behind, but we only have a few votes that we're in the lead at. So help push us up the charts, help solidify the lead at vote.freetalklive.com. Your email address is uh, the only requirement. That way they'll verify that you're not a robot and indeed a real human being. So please go to vote.freetalklive.com. Get your liberty message to thousands of people a month for fractions of a penny apiece. Do it from the back of your car with libertystickers.com. They have hundreds 
and hundreds of different liberty uh, sayings, and you can do it, uh, and, and you can get them all. Check them out from uh, libertystickers.com. Let your voice be heard. I actually have two of their bumper stickers on my car, and, you know, it's it's a nice way to let people know what you're thinking. Libertystickers.com. Let's continue taking your phone calls about whatever you want. Nick is in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Nick. Hi. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, but didn't you make some sort of broad general statement yesterday against people who talk online and said that they are all like do nothing or something like that? Well, I think I think that uh, I find it irksome that uh, people that get on message boards. No, the um, I wasn't trying to make a broad generalization against just people who get on message boards. However, I do know that there are a lot of people that just get on message boards and talk about liberty and really don't do anything for, about it in their lives. Oh, all right. Well, I was just going to say because uh, if you were doing such a thing, I, I don't, I know I wouldn't be one of those people. I, um, I've already, I, I sort of like briefly mentioned it before. But I, I, I do this um, monthly publication um, that's called Voluntarist Monthly, and um, and I've had two so far, and I pass out to uh, I've like I think 15 people who are quote unquote subscribed to me. That's so, a heck of a lot more than most people do. Um, so yeah, uh, I I definitely wouldn't be one of those people. Um, Good on you, sir. Yeah. What else did you want to share tonight? Um, that was actually all I could I, all I could really think of. Um, but do you understand where we're coming from? Where you know, when we'll point something like that out, like you know, it's it's fun to get on an internet forum and to hash it out. And Mark, yeah. you know, you and I have certainly done our share of it, and probably will in into the future. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying don't do it. Do whatever you find fun. Do whatever you find entertaining. Just don't really expect that it's going to do much to advance freedom in our in our life. Yeah, I, I understand. I understand that point. Um, right. I just I. I gotten a lot of information from debating with other people and i've also gotten a lot of frustrations and i've also gotten a lot of uh, other things from from finding out other people's points of view and stuff like that what usually happens to me is that uh i'll respond two or three times uh, you know somebody will say something outrageous to which i'll respond and it'll usually just be a short statement and I'll respond two or three times with just a short statement i very rarely make a long internet post mm-hmm. and then somebody will come back with a with a you know, like a book. Yeah. And too long. I'm didn't done. Read. You know, I just, I, I, I'm just not interested anymore. I, I run out of the momentum. I don't like to type particularly, and I just, I just find it to be uh, an activity that, that, you know, they're just not edifying in any way to me. There, um, there's actually, uh, I found this pretty funny. Last uh, year, when I was sort of first getting into the whole deal of anarchism and stuff like that. My history teacher actually later on in the year told me that he was a libertarian. Um, I had him like I had a few teachers in the like most of the history teachers besides this like Latin teacher that I didn't really like, so I thought she was a statist or something. <laughs> um, and uh, like I, I had him take the test, and he was like a, a libertarian, and and a few, so were a few of my other friends. And um, and he actually told me that like the more power to the free markets, the better. And uh, which was pretty surprising. I like I didn't expect to hear something from that from like a public education like teacher. You'll find some gems out there. I mean, there are there are some uh, sure. Some and um, you know, we we have a tendency to uh, vilify bureaucrats in this program when in fact, I think that there might be a larger percentage of people that believe in the free market and believe the government is corrupt and inefficient that work for the government. Because they do know, in fact, just how corrupt and just how inefficient it is. They see it. Those people the get to see it every day. My yeah. um, my introductions to liberty came from state employees. So, 
yeah, you know, my uh, my last project on um, and this just kind of shows how much like he gave us a lot of freedom with with the sort of like uh, projects we could do for PowerPoints. And my last PowerPoint was literally on the philosophy philosophy of anarchism, and he let me present it. And and as long as it's like non biased, like it wasn't like overly uh, zealous of anarchism, which I basically did. I had a bad habit of um, sort of like I did a I did a uh, PowerPoint on Che Guevara. And um, I, w- I was bashing him throughout the whole thing because I-, I hate <laughs> that guy. And um, yep, he was a thug. That's you, for sure. Yeah, and I, I don't like him in the least. But uh, I only got like I had like did like everybody else in the class did like five minute presentations. I was the only guy who would like do talk for like ten minutes or or, or whatever. Now and um, uh, I didn't at one time I didn't finish and that was the Che Guevara thing and he and he spoke to me after class. He was like Nick, this, this is way too over biased and you're gonna have to you have to stop here. You still I still got an A. Or whatever, but now che, che Guevara is he considered in schools to be? Because he would have been nothing when I went to school. Nobody knew the name Che There's, Guevara. There, there are quite a few people who, who wear his shirt. I haven't seen it recently, thank <laughs> God. Um, every every time I see his face, I just I just sort of want to walk up to the person like, hey, do you know who this guy even is? Like, do you know what he did? Do you, do you even know oh, anything man, about him? Or cool did you just buy the shirt? It's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a long haired killer. Probably the latter. Hey, thanks, Nick, for the call. Always no appreciate problem. hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. To uh, Tyler in South Carolina. Tyler, you are on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Tyler is gone. Alrighty then, 800-259-9231. So, whether you want to talk about the government indoctrination camps and the things that go on inside or anything that floats your boat, here's a story from across the pond of the UK. An 80-year-old grandmother, this from the Times Online, who doctors identified as terminally ill and left to starve to death, has recovered after her outraged daughter intervened. Hazel Fenton from East Sussex is alive, nine months after medics ruled she only had days to live, withdrew her antibiotics, and denied her artificial feeding. The former school matron, she even worked for the state, and they threw her to the wolves. The former school matron had been placed on a controversial care plan intended to ease the last days of dying patients. Doctors say Fenton is an example of patients who have been condemned to death On the Liverpool Care Pathway Plan, they argue that while it's suitable for patients who do have only days to live, it's being used more widely in the National Health Service, which is Britain's government health care program. They're they're essentially it's a it's an almost fully socialized system over there. There is private care available. It's very expensive. Denying treatment to elderly patients who are not dying is actually what they're doing in the NHS. According to Fenton's daughter, Christine Ball, who had been looking after her mother before she was admitted to the Conquest Hospital in East Sussex back in January, says she had to fight hospital staff for weeks before her mother was taken off the plan and finally given artificial feeding. Now, Ms. Ball, who is from... Uh, well, trying to turn a government program around once it's in play is very difficult, I would imagine. Yep, she said my... I know. <laughs> she says my mother was going to, be le- uh, going to be left to starve and dehydrate to death. It really is subterfuge for legalized euthanasia of the elderly on the NHS. Fenton was admitted to a hospital suffering from pneumonia. Although Ball acknowledged her mother was very ill, she was astonished when a junior doctor told her she was going to be placed on the plan to make her more comfortable in her final days. Ball insisted that her mother was not dying, but her objections were ignored. Well, up, up. we've determined your mother is dying, and now we'll do as we see fit. <laughs> yep, that's just what they're going to do. Nurse even approached her to say, what do you want done with your mother's body? 
On January 19th, Fenton's 80th birthday, Ball says her mother was feeling better and chatting to her family, but it took another four days to persuade doctors to give her artificial feeding. Fenton is now being looked after in a nursing home five minutes from where her daughter lives. So you want to ask yourself in this in this case, what if Ms. Fenton didn't have her daughter to stick up for her? What if she was just in there all alone and sick? She would have died and you would have never heard this story. Yes. And that's what's going to happen if the United States gets single-payer health care. Oh, no, no, Mark. Here it's going to be different. We care about our patients in the United States. Why you know? wouldn't the people in Great Britain care about their patients? Well, you know, they just... They're doing limies. it wrong. Just They're doing limies. it wrong. Yeah, redcoats. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, that's But that's what the socialists will always say is, well, they didn't do it quite right over there. So we just need to uh, elect people who care, and then we'll take care of the old people with uh, with our government program. But this has been... If you really care, you will let people choose their own health care. 1-800-259-9231. Just yet another example of how, and, and we've seen so many of these, how the socialist medicine systems, essentially, they could give a flip about old people. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Your thoughts on this or anything goes. Hour two's coming up. Free Talk Live. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time you and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes and the millionaire patriot is paying his own money to help you get it this is real thousands have already taken advantage of it and you should too don't miss out secure a front sight defensive handgun course plus 30 state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar and get your free handgun go to frontsight.com today that's f-r-o-n-t-s-i-g-h-t.com go to frontsight.com for your training and free handgun Talk Live. You can bring up anything. We're launching here into the second hour of the program. Take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Right to your phone calls, we go to Gene, the Christian anarchist on the line in Tennessee. On the app line. Hey, Gene, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Erwin Schiff and Peter Schiff. Okay. People, a lot of people don't realize that uh, Peter Schiff, who's running for Senate and who's made quite a splash with his uh, uh, investments and uh, his advice on the Federal Reserve, and uh, basically it's uh, right down the line with what Ron Paul is saying, yeah, a lot of the, the Ron Paul uh, fans are definitely behind the this Peter Schiff guy's campaign, and 
I've heard a few things that he has to say, and you know, he seems relatively liberty oriented. I, I honestly, seems pretty good to me. I, I haven't dug into his position on all of the issues, so I can't really speak to whether or not he actually is uh, liberty oriented, and uh, you know, to a to a kind of principled level. I'm not sure about that. I do know that he has a disagreement with what his father did, Irwin Schiff, and that is, of course. Uh, stood up for himself. I mean, Erwin Schiff basically went up against the system, published several books that were very explicitly anti-government uh, income tax, and actually put his money where his mouth is, and 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 did followed his own advice, and now is uh, as a result sitting in a jail cell in his 80s, and probably will die in jail. It's a shame. Yes, uh, his second stint in federal prison. Now, uh, I knew Erwin Schiff uh, when he was in Las Vegas, and I. Uh, he was a gentle old man, a nice guy. Um, I think that uh, Erwin Schiff was right in his interpretation of the income tax code. And Peter Schiff has said that also on uh, one of the interviews, and I can't remember which one it was, but he said his dad was right, mm-hmm. but that uh, the system is corrupt. And yeah. I noticed, digging through my Erwin Schiff stuff, because I've got Erwin Schiff books and stuff, and I was cleaning up some old boxes, and here's the great income tax hope by Erwin Schiff, and uh, it says uh, at the bottom, with Peter Schiff. So Hmm. we've got Peter Schiff's name on the great income tax hoax, and I'm just uh, concerned that I'm obviously not the only one who's going to know this, and maybe they will try to use this as a a tactic to smear him. I I hope they don't, and I hope that if they do, he just stands up to him and says, well, my, my dad was right, because I believe... Uh, you know, I followed Erwin Schiff for a long time. I did his zero income tax return, and uh, I uh, uh, stopped filing, and I used a lot of his uh, his stuff. And I do believe that he was definitely right in his interpretation of the income tax, but where he went wrong is that it doesn't matter if you're right because mm-hmm. they're a gang of thugs, and they're going to do what they want to do, and they're going to throw you in jail when they want to throw you in jail. He figured that they. He figured that if he just presented the argument properly that the judge would say, oh, well, you know what? You're right. I'll just call this off. Yeah, and of course that's not going to happen, and, and that was where he was maybe a little bit too naive in believing that uh, you know his arguments were going to... Uh, Open up the eyes of the uh, of the prosecutor and the judge. And of I, course- I also, Gene, don't like the idea of filing the zero return. I know that Irwin had this particular uh, you know method that uh, that he would recommend for people, and I would say that if you're not going to pay federal income tax, better to just not pay and not fill out any of their forms. That's how it seems That's, to me. I, I agree too. That's the way to go. But uh, so, but his zero income tax return with the attachment that he had prepared made a lot of sense, and legally it was sound. But that doesn't matter when you're in front of a bunch of thugs with guns. They don't care if you're legally sound or not. You know, you can stand in front of the mafia and make all kinds of uh, uh, moral and just points in front of them, and they're still going to put a bullet in your head. Yeah, I think that most people, um, when they think about the Constitution these days, they don't think of it about about it as the highest law in the land. And this includes the bureaucrats that work for the government that swear an oath to the Constitution. They think of it as a rhetorical document and that, uh, you know, we have to do whatever it is that we have to do in order to do what it is that we have to do to secure the nation so, uh, or, you know, take care of people or whatever it is that their belief is. So 
it, they they kind of think about government as the you know what's what's necessary to be done not that it's limited by the constitution anyway so i almost i find the constitutional arguments to be essentially invalid they're 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 quaint and they're they're interesting and they're certainly yeah. uh I think they're certainly valid if we lived under a constitutional republic, which, of course, we've all uh, had our eyes opened, or most of us should have had our eyes opened to the point that we don't live under such a a fictitious uh, entity anymore. Uh, We now live basically uh, with a bunch of armed thugs who will do what they want to do, and it doesn't matter uh, what you want. So but, your your original concern was about uh, Peter Schiff, son of Irwin, who is running for what is it, state uh, U.S. representative, right? U.S. Senate in uh, Senate? Connecticut. Senate? Yeah, Senate in Connecticut. He's running for uh, the Senate. Okay. I, I would just, you know, I wanted to open people's eyes to this as a possible uh, attack that the uh, opponents will use against him. Well, hopefully and he'll I, take the. If it does come as an attack, hopefully he'll take the position of embracing what his father was saying. And and as you mentioned, he has on a recent interview. And I think it was the. I think it was the one he did with the Motorhome Diaries guys at motorhomediaries.com. Uh, but yeah, uh, that on a recent. I believe you're right. Yep, that uh, is correct. That he did acknowledge that he believed that what his father was, you know, talking about had truth to it. So I would hope that he continues to stay honest and and just brings that out. Go ahead, bring out my dad, and on, then we'll talk about not paying taxes. Uh, yeah, and talk I think about, uh, he will do that. You you do think he will? I think he will. And, and uh, but in a point of information, Gene, it sounds like you've been following the campaign to some extent. He hasn't been nominated yet, right? As far as he has not no. won the primary of the Republicans, so he'll he'll be going up against Republicans first in order to get the nomination and go on to the general ballot. Is that right? Yeah, I believe that's right. Okay. But I was also digging through boxes, and I'm coming across some of my stuff from China, that uh, from earlier trips, and uh, I'm looking back on the way China used to be and the way we used to be and the way we are currently and the way China is now. And I've come to the conclusion uh, that there's not a whole lot we're going to be able to do to stop the demise of this country. We are currently in a sliding downward trend that's not going to stop. Our economy, we've, over the, my lifetime, basically we've, we've destroyed the economy. We have no more manufacturing. There will be manufacturing Hey, I didn't do anything, back. Gene. Don't blame me. Yeah, but we will see manufacturing coming back in a small scale and then maybe on a larger scale, but it's going to take time because we're no longer going to have the dollars to buy the stuff from China. And China has basically pulled themselves up from uh, poverty, basically. When I first started going to China, it was just total poverty from one end to the other. And they are now a wealthy nation. In fact, I was reading, I think it was on Drudge, no, actually, it was on MarketWatch.com about the billionaires in in China now. With the, mm. that, China is second only to the United States in billionaires. Interesting. That's a good sign so for them. They are definitely on the way up, and that's not going to stop. And we're definitely on the way down, and that's not going to. I don't stop. see how anyone could deny what you're saying. So uh, people need to get ready for what's ahead. They shouldn't bury their heads in the sand. They should do whatever they think is necessary in their area to prepare for tough times ahead. The hell with that. Get up to New Hampshire and uh, and then do whatever's necessary because if, if we're they if, can, if they've got the ability to get up to New Hampshire, yeah. I say that's a that's a good one right there. Get Absolutely. Up to, uh, 
move in with Ian. No, 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 think, no that's okay. I think Ian's got an extra spare bedroom. I, I'm not taking on any roommates at, uh, at this time. <laughs> But thank you for offering, Gene. I appreciate that. (laughs) Thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. But there are easy ways to uh, get a foothold up here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. We'll tell you a little bit more about the Free State Project here in a little bit. That You can get involved in some of the forums that are uh, available like nhfree.com or freekeen.com. And and sometimes there's housing information and things like that uh, there. And people will occasionally post that they've got a room available, which you can get a room usually for a few hundred bucks a month. So not hard to uh, to get a foothold here, even if you don't have a whole lot of money coming in. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, again, a little more about the Free State Project. Your calls as well. Plus, we'll go over to Australia and talk about the Australian drug war. Coming up, it's Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. Listen up for something free from Ruger. From now until the end of the year, buy any new Ruger bolt-action rifle and receive a free Ruger-branded Carhartt jacket, both made in America. For more information, go to Ruger.com slash Carhartt. That's Ruger.com slash C-A-R-H-A-R-T-T. Ruger rifles are known for their rugged reliability, handsome style, unique design features, and represent the best value in rifles. Go to Ruger.com and check out a Ruger rifle today. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those. Again, uh, they include things like the bulletin board system with over 490,000 posts. You'll find a lot to talk about, serious issues to fun stuff. And it's all there at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Now then, take the startpage.com seven-day challenge. For seven days, use startpage.com instead of your big brother search engine and experience the difference. You'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines. And unlike your old search, or unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your search. Start the seven-day challenge today at startpage.com and they do make it easy uh, with an easy to install little uh, browser addition I guess you call it uh, that, uh, that allows you to have startpage.com in the upper right hand little search box that you have if you've got Firefox or, or IE. That's where I have it, and yeah. um, you know now it's it's very easy for me to use, and I use it all the time. I don't even I don't even bother using the other search engines that I've uh, used in the past, and I I find it to be just as helpful to me, and it's nice to know that I don't not getting you know tracked and and numbered and and all that stuff. All right, toll free number here for you eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Mark, take us to Australia and news about their drug war down there. Things are a, a little bit different, aren't they? This is from the Australian at uh, theaustralian.news.com.au. <laughs> West mm-hmm. West Australian police will have the uh, nation's toughest powers to stop and search people under a plan unveiled yesterday, which removes the need for them to show any grounds for suspecting an offense. Sweet, Premier Colin Barnett, and I'm not sure what a premier is. Doesn't sound good a though. Premier, isn't that like? Uh... That sounds like a head of an agency. Said that it was intolerable that people caught with weapons or drugs were being let off in court because the police could not establish that there were sufficient grounds to search them. 
He said legislation, <laughs> it's intolerable that people caught with weapons or drugs were being let off. And so he's claiming that it is terrible that people are not being punished for not hurting anyone. That's right. So well, they're breaking the law, Mark. That's, it's the law is the law. Yeah, that's that's the way they see it. It, 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 it. He claims, essentially claims that it's the reason um, that they, you know, they they're they're trying to reclaim the street from the thugs, just after they, um, you know, say that anyone is being stopped and searched, uh, you know, for uh, weapons and drugs. So he's equating them with thugs. If you have a gun to protect yourself, mm-hmm. you are a thug. No, no, Mister. Barnett, and I'm not going to call you Premier because yeah. I don't know what that is and it doesn't mean anything to me. Right. Colin, the people that are stopping them and searching them with no just cause and trying to put them in jail, those are the criminals. And you're in charge of them. You're the chief criminal. You're the real thug, That's Colin. True. It is true. He yeah. said legislation would be introduced within weeks to allow anyone to be stopped and searched without reason to bi- um, in, in a bid to reclaim the streets from thugs. To thunderous applause at yesterday's state liberal conference, Australia's only liberal premier said law and order was a defining issue in the September 08 election. Does that sound like liberal stuff to you? <laughs> the states, the status are status, right? Yes. I mean, liberals, conservatives. I, I don't, I just can't. I don't like those terms because they're distraction from the real issue. There's been actually a conversation I've been having over on the radio info forums, mm-hmm. which is kind of the, you know, basically a forum for people that are in the radio industry and radio rats, radio geek types. Yeah. Uh, and so somebody's somebody called me out because I'm somebody I'm a host on the Genesis Communications network. Our show is syndicated by GCN, which is a, a network that also syndicates some shows uh, you know are of the more conspiracy uh, theory kind of nature. And so you know he called me out uh, because, well, I must be just like all of the other shows. Free Talk Live must be just like all of the other shows on the network. And so that means we hate gays and that uh, da 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 da. And so I, I clarified that, well, actually, in point of fact, we have a gay man who's a co-host on this show. So stick it in your ear. And, uh, and you know, then uh, we went on, and he, and he kind of threw out the term libertarian and liberal and conservative. And I said, look, that all doesn't mean anything to me. I see the world in that there are two types of people. There are those that support aggressing against peaceful people and those that oppose aggressing against peaceful people. Which side are you on? I don't care if you call yourself a liberal or conservative. What matters to me is whether you support violence against your neighbors. And I, uh, ju- I checked it out, Mark. The premier of Western Australia, Colin Barnett, the guy you're talking about? Yes. He is the head of the executive government in the Australian state of Western Australia. So in Australia, the governor. there are states. Uh, and so Western Australia, he's uh, the head bureaucrat. I see. So the liberals are in charge in Western Australia, which I would have never expected. I would have expected in Western Australia that you would have seen, you know, people that are living in the frontier and frontier people to me seem more conservative. But, you know, different nations have different ways that things are even interpreted. And I wish I could do a good Australian accent accent for you, but all I can do is say guppy. Um, And (laughs) (laughs) so he goes on. I make no apologies, he said. Uh, By the way. He sounds like a redneck to me, no matter what he says. Just, mm. just from his uh, big government, uh, uh, you know, authoritarian crap. We will, we will act on that small minority that hey, will wait destroy. Some, wait a minute, don't some rednecks like freedom? Some do. I mean, we got the, the boys over at the Wheels Off Liberty podcast. Those guys uh, are hilarious. LibertyRadioNetwork.com. Okay, so so we've stepped down from the article a couple of times here, but I have to tell you about what I read from those. 
I, I don't even know what to call them. That one guy, Jamie, is just a he's a slap idiot. I mean, he's hilarious. To, 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 they're not to, idiots though. They they're they just they're rednecks. It's his and shtick, they, uh, and and it's just so he plays an idiot very very yes. well. I'm sorry, he's they're kind of brilliant. like that the that that blonde from Three's Company. It was okay. really difficult not to consider her a dingbat, you know. Yeah. Um, and he's, he was on Facebook saying something about accepting the Nobel Peace Prize for for winning the being the, the champion or something like that. The other guy comes back and and says something the effect of "This ain't a pig calling contest, you idiot! The idiot, there ain't no champions. It's a it's a recipient." <laughs> <laughs> and he says that as an editor's note, and yeah. then and then the, the, the JB comes back with another note to editor. I had sex with your wife, and it just goes. It just deteriorates yeah. from there. Good stuff. I'm sorry. Those guys are really funny, and you can find them at wheelsoffliberty.com. Yep. Please let me finish this article. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so I'm just trying to stand up for the good rednecks out there. They're they're out there. Um, and uh. Premier Colin Barnett here from Western Australia, the, the governor over there, says that, I make no apologies. We will act on that small minority that will destroy the quality of life and the amenity of this great state so they're gonna for the act silent on majority. So they're going to act on themselves. Right. It's that, that's, that's the minority that's causing the problem. They are the ones that are destroying quality of life. Yes. I, I don't have a real problem from the other people out there. Like, my bike just got stolen. This I don't think I've told this on the air yet. No, but, wait, wait, before you okay. do, I've just right. got to finish this last yeah. line because it's so right. good. Um, Mr. Barnett said he knew that he would be accused of breaching civil liberties, but it was, too, um, but it was a small price to pay <laughs> if people felt safer. <laughs> just as long as you feel safer. Yeah. You won't be, but you'll feel right. safer. It's, it's the illusion. Uh, so, yeah, these are the people that are the criminals. You're absolutely right. These are the people that are destroying uh, society. Peace. peace. We'll and tell I, about your bicycle getting stolen in the I, next segment. I will. 800-259-9231. It's really a great story. I yeah, mean, I think so. It, it worked out pretty well, all things considered. 800-259-9231. I sure as hell can't get the $5,000 the government stole from me uh, the last year back. But I got my bike back. For property taxes. I'll tell you how. In moments, it is Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including the updates. You get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Now, have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot yet? Well, you should have. He has five days of firearms training waiting for you, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. And I've not heard anything but really nice things about this particular uh, firearm. Springfield Armory XD pistol could be yours if you go to FrontSight.com today and get on board. In fact, it will be if you get on board uh, at FrontSight.com. You'll get training and a free gun. FrontSight.com. 
All right, toll-free number 800-259-9231. We were talking about how it's the, the government, in this, in this case, the story was out of Australia, where the premier of Western Australia, which is essentially the governor of that state in Australia, has come out and is agitating and uh, basically saying, well, uh, you know, we're, we're just out here trying to, uh, to keep people safe uh, from the criminals. Speaking of people that carry guns and drugs, which, to me, those folks aren't criminals. They're just people that are going about their business unless they're actually harming others, which these people he was speaking of were not harming others. It's the government people that harm others. They're the ones that I would like to be protected from, and they are not protecting me from them. So they're the ones that are victimizing people on a regular basis. They're the ones that are, are stealing. They're the ones that are threatening. They're the ones that are hurting. They're the well, ones that are doing damage. I'd like to point out that I do believe that government people do do some good in the world. I think that when cops grab you know, murderers and rapists and robbers and all that other stuff, that sure. they're doing a good thing for society. However, and if that's all they were doing, then I wouldn't have much to say to them. You know, when they, when they step out and, and they go after people that are simply arming themselves in order to protect their family or you know they're doing some outlawed recreational drug as opposed to one of the ones that's legal that to me is bug and groan folks go on find something important to do so and, and you know i basically we've i've told the police that here in Keene. as you know if you've been listening to the show there's a, a liberty movement here called the free state project encouraging people to move to new hampshire and, and get active for freedom and there's a good group out here in Keene. we were out doing a candlelight vigil the other night out in front of the police prosecutor's home because this particular man the police prosecutor had attacked uh one of our activists while he was handcuffed and caused what appears to be some pretty serious damage to him. He's in a wheelchair. His eyes are unfocused. Uh, he may have a concussion. We're, we're not sure. Right. right Somebody now. who was in there, um, who went to see him, uh, you know, reported on this, and that's uh, you know, it's it's kind of scary. Yeah. So we took the uh, we brought a candlelight vigil outside of his home, and as we were leaving, after having ascertained that he was not in point of fact home, uh, we left, walked down the street towards our cars. The police then arrived on the scene and got into a discussion about how this was inappropriate. They can't, be- I can't believe that you're doing this. That you would go up on someone's front porch, knock on their door, they come to their home. This is inappropriate. You should go through the appropriate channels. To Would it be more this- appropriate if the guy was sitting there in a wheelchair with his half of his face slack from drain bramage? Um, would it make it appropriate then? Well, he couldn't have been there because he's in jail for sure, 180 he's in, days. Because they're hiding him. Yeah. They would have let him out at this point, likely. They let they, they gave you the opportunity to, to get out to, 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 to lick boots in order to get out on uh, on, on this, uh, what's what's the charge? Uh, this, uh, no, no, uh, contempt of court. Contempt of court. They haven't given him the opportunity. I wonder why that is. Because they're hoping that he'll you know, spruce up a little bit before they, before let, him they let him out. Isn't it, a, isn't it obvious? Isn't it clear? That's a good but they're point. not bothering to get him any medical attention or not enough medical attention so the police were you know were essentially um attacking us not physically but verbally by you know saying you've crossed the line this time i can't believe you would you know you would go and do something like this as though there was something inappropriate about what we had done that these people are hurting people this man hurt somebody why should we just go through the appropriate channels and go and beg some police commission to do something about this or beg the legislature? What's wrong with going to their home and saying, hey, you've, you've crossed the line. You've crossed the line. You're not, you're not enforcing good laws. You're not doing something that benefits society. You're hurting people and you're getting away with it. 
I think it's completely appropriate. So anyway, just as an example of how it is that uh, it is in no I'm in no way in as great of a threat from the average common criminal as I am from the government people. Uh, we had a, a solved crime uh, over the past couple of days. I had my bike stolen. I was getting ready to go out to the 420 uh, celebrations, which are happening still every single day here in Keene and Manchester at 420 in the afternoon. And normally I bike on down because I live... But you in... don't go to every day. You didn't go every day this week. No, I miss uh, the occasional day because I've got something else going on. But uh, but I do try to go as often as possible, and it's usually you know five times a week. And so I was getting ready to, to head down there, and I went out uh, front of my house, and my bike was gone. Now, to be fair, I hadn't been tying it up. I do have a little uh, black chain thing that, you know, with a lock code on it that I could have been using to tie it up to the railing outside of my home. And I'll tell you, bikes are the easiest thing to steal. To steal. They yeah. just are. You know? So I should have been tying it up, but I, but I wasn't, right? And uh, I figured we're in Keene, no big deal. Even though bike theft does tend to happen around in Keene because, you know, a lot of college kids and it just happens. Well, so, if, if somebody's walking and there's a lot of walking that goes on and they have to walk far mm-hmm. and they see a bike that's un, unhitched, it's it's it it doesn't take a lot um, for somebody to say you know I'm sick of walking and they pick the bike up and off they go right uh, it's less likely that they're going to have a pair of snips or something like that to where they could uh, you know snip off a chain or sure. something some cheap chain really makes a difference so so it was not it was not uh, locked up and it should have been certainly uh, but I thought wow what happened did I leave it somewhere and space out and you know for, I thought maybe I'd left 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 it and walked away or something and I thought no. Now, I'm certain that I did bring that home over the, over the weekend. So I got in my car and uh, headed down to the 420 celebration. As I was getting out, walking up toward uh, the, the celebration, and I look over and I see a guy on a skateboard and a guy on a bicycle riding the other direction on the, you know, on the sidewalk from me. And I'm looking at the bike and I'm thinking, that looks like my bike. Now, it could have been anybody's. It could have been uh, the same model. A lot of blue bikes out there that look like 10 speeds, that sort of off-road 10-speed looking thing. It's a, tw- a 21 speed, I believe, but uh, yes. but I did get it at a local bike shop, and they have this model in stock regularly, and I've seen other people riding it around town, so I just thought to myself, eh, you know, probably not my bike, just the same model, coincidence. But it was the first bike I saw uh, since I'd left my house. And so I just kind of eyeballed them as they were going the other direction. I saw what street they turned down, and I thought, well, maybe I'll just go down there later and see what I see. So I did. I hung out at the 420 celebration for a little while, and then I went down that particular street that I saw them go down to the front of the, the food kitchen here in the area where they have a bike rack. And there it was. A bike that looked exactly like mine had the exact same little chain thing, the same black chain thing that I had on mine. And so I thought, well, hmm, if I go up and put my code into that chain thing, uh, I'll pr- be pretty certain that that's my yeah, bike. That's, uh, <laughs> to me, that's a good enough identification if you can go in and put your code into the chain and you find out. So I did. I went, opened up opened up the lock on the chain with I, my I code. I feel that the chain looking the same as your bike because, you know... Uh, you know, same color chain, same color bike. Mm-hmm. That's good enough for me. But yeah. obviously, putting the code in helps. Yeah, I also kind of checked the uh, the the seat. You know, you can raise and lower the seats on the bikes because the, the way it clamps down, there's marks that are kind of on the seat where normally I would have it. It had been lowered all the way down to the the the, the bottom position, but normally I have it fairly high. The cool I'm, position. I'm tall. Um, and, and so it looked like everything indicated this was my bike. So I hopped on and, you know, rode, uh, rode off. Then I walked back cause I'd parked in the, in the area. I called up Sam from obscuredtruth.com. He came down and, uh, we, we, you know, my intention was to essentially talk to these guys. 
you know, to, to say something to him about this. And so we went into the, uh, the the community kitchen, and I looked around. There's a bunch of people in there, and I'd only seen them walk, you know, drive by me while I was on the road. So I wasn't really certain who they were. And I just thought, ah, screw it. You know, I got the bike back. I'm not going to go and go up to somebody randomly at a table because I think they're the people with the bike and, you know, be wrong about that. So I just decided, well, let's get out of here. So Sam and I walked out, and we're hanging out out front, and then something else occurred. We'll share that in moments. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And the features include live streams and more. We give it all away at freetalklive.com. Get informed and stay informed with Republic Magazine, the ultimate resource for your Fight to stay free. Claim your free digital copy now or order a print subscription at republicmagazine.tv. That's republicmagazine.tv. 800-259-9231. So uh, telling a, a little story about how a theft was resolved here recently on a, a completely voluntary basis. Now, no restitution was demanded or paid because I don't see how I could possibly do that. Uh, the situation was this. Uh, my bike was stolen. I spotted it on the streets. I tracked person down to where they uh, they had gone to that was at the local food kitchen found the bike proved couldn't it. identify that it was the person i proved that it was my bike reclaimed the to bike yourself. yep and then i went back with the intention of essentially confronting these uh, folks it was a couple of uh, kids one on a skateboard one riding my bike and they were inside the community kitchen at least i believe they were still there when i returned how much of a kid are we talking about 1819. So they were at the soup kitchen? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And this doesn't speak highly of these people to me. Well, I'm sure there's some nice folks that uh, I'm sure there are some kitchen. people that won't steal your bike at the soup kitchen. Right. And so we went inside. Sam came with me from obscuretruth.com just cuz, you know, I didn't want to confront anybody on on the street by myself and I looked around, couldn't identify them cuz I'd only they'd only kind of breezed by me on the street and i wasn't certain so we went back outside and he and i were just chatting about some of his video productions that he's doing at obscuredtruth.com and as we were just on the street chatting a couple dudes came out of the community kitchen and i looked over and they looked familiar one of them was bigger the other one a little smaller and then they started chuckling when they walked by the bike rack and so i thought okay this this, has got to be these guys yeah and so i walked up to him and i said uh hey guys looking for a bike and one of them kind of looked like a you know little little bit of a deer in headlights look, uh, and you know oh, crap, what do I say now? Uh, and he said, yeah, yeah, you know, looking for, yeah, I am. And I said, well, where'd you get that bike? I wonder why he would answer that way. Well, I don't remember his exact. I know, but uh, I, I just wonder why he would even cop to it. No, don't know what you're talking about. See you later. I don't know. Anyway, I said, well, where'd you get that bike? And he said, well, I got it from a friend. He loaned it to me today. Yeah. 
which is kind of a typical sure. thief's Common. answer, right? Yeah. Oh, it's I not mine. It. It's yeah, it's my friend's. Mm-hmm. He loaned it to me. Oh yeah, that boombox is my friend's. He loaned it to me, right? Uh, so which is a it's a bad excuse because then whomever it is is going if they have some kind of power or force of law mm-hmm. is like, hey, well, what's that friend's name? Let's go talk to him because right. you're not leaving here until I get his name. Which I did not ask. You know, right. I did not ask for that. Sure. And I, you don't have the force of law. And I'm not really interested in in retaliation. You know, I'm not, I'm not really interested in that. So, uh, so, so he said it was his friend, and I said, well, you know, um, I hope you'll uh, you'll do me a favor. It was my bike, and I hope you'll do me a favor and just pass on to your friend that that I forgive him. And you know, if it was you, I forgive you. Uh, you know, I just kind of slipped that in there. But uh, if it, if it was your friend, uh, let him know that I forgive him, and I hope that he never does this again. And that was it. They went on their way, and uh, we went I'm interested on ours. in how this. I, I would love to hear how this affects this guy's life. You know, because I, it could be very powerful. You know, here's an opportunity. Somebody has this guy, you know, just Dead over a barrel, and yeah. I, I kind of wish to some extent that he had gotten, he'd had a chance to see down the barrel of what you know. I, I shouldn't shouldn't use that analogy, but just the you know sort of the uh, the consequences. Get an opportunity to take a look at the consequences of what it is that he's done, as opposed to you mean just, like the state if the state was involved or what? The, what consequence? Well, some organization has to mete out consequences mm-hmm. for somebody taking someone else's uh, property through theft or fraud, right? Yeah. I mean, there yeah. would be an organization, that, no matter what fantastic world one lives in, there would be an organization that did that, mm-hmm. and likely the consequences would not be particularly pleasant ones, right? Yeah, it would probably be restitution or something like that well, it, in this it, case. It, yeah, it wouldn't be particularly pleasant. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, who knows? But um, And also, I feel that you have some onus to bear in this for having left your bike Absolutely. unattended on your, on your front porch. But I've just kind of no, wondered... I, I believe that. You're right. Yeah. I just kind of wonder what would happen if it would be better if he got a chance to take a look at the consequences before he got the forgiveness thing or whatever. But I'm still know. very interested in all of it. Yeah, just just a you know kind of a neat little story, um, and that one of the pedals had some damage to it. It's likely because, but I don't recall if it had that before. It, it could have. I I I don't think it did. So it's likely something that happened just because you know it wasn't his bike. So who cares if you throw it down, right? Yeah. I mean, if you throw a bike down enough times, a pedal might you know part of the pedal might snap. Yeah. And that's essentially uh, what had happened for me. I chalked it up as, hey, this is the price I paid for not locking the bike up. And I'm just happy to have my bike back to not have to go and spend another $300 on another bike. I agree with that. And they got to walk away from it. And, you know, it turns out they're going to the uh, the 420. I believe they uh, they attend the uh, the 420 uh, celebrations. Oh, how nice. <laughs> yeah. So you you stole the bike from somebody who's on your side on that particular uh, yeah, but they just uh, you know I'm I'm sorry and this is one of the problems with you know with, with some of the people in the crowd that I saw at the 420 thing is you're not you know these aren't the loyal type of people thieves have no loyalty yeah. and what I was seeing when I went there and and excluding the liberty activists who I'm, whom I happen to know I just saw a lot of people that I I probably wouldn't trust with my bike yeah, I wouldn't hang around a lot of those people myself. I I would love to see business owners and people like that coming out to such an event, but we're not to that point yet. And know? I and this is where I think that the uh, the argument comes from on the the politicos side is, you know, I <laughs> I don't think these people are very motivating to politicians in passing laws for medical marijuana because you're not they're not getting to see the face of, the the face of a victim. What they're getting to see the, is the face of a bike thief. 
I don't think that they're all bike thieves out there. It's no. just a coincidence. Yeah. Okay. You know, Mark, kids do things. Yep. Uh, they're I've, they're young. I've and, never uh, stolen a bike, but, yeah. you know, I've stolen other things when I was young, and, and, you know, I don't think 18 or 19 is a good age to be stealing things. I think you should have learned from, um, you know, at that point. But, but you know, but, maybe but, the consequences hadn't been that, that big at that point. But young people are, are childlike for much longer than, yeah. uh, than they otherwise should be. I mean, at 18 or 19, you should be out into the world, and you should be, you know, relatively mature. But these days... These kids are babied up until they're, in many cases, in their early 20s. So it's not, for me, I'm not surprised when somebody who's 18 acts like they're 12. That doesn't really surprise me. So just wanted, you know, just wanted to share that story as an example of, uh, you know, I was able to, that's, that problem was able to be resolved, and uh, the problems from private criminals uh, pale in comparison to the problems that are created by the government people. The government criminals are the real dangerous ones they're the ones that are out there stealing and robbing and threatening on a regular basis on an institutionalized basis well with impunity yeah right they they get away with it and they've got le- legitimacy about i don't about know it. you see um this what what that what 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 you're saying what brought brings to mind here is i don't know what the world would be like if in an instant the police went away it seems like it wouldn't be good however um, if we get to the point where we're able to pare the government down to just cops, courts, and roads, there's probably been such a, a monumental change. And monumental change can happen. There was a time a hundred years ago when everybody in the South thought that slavery made sense. Okay, so mm-hmm. monu- uh, monumental – I guess that's more 150 years. Um, monumental change can happen, and it, sure. and it can happen over time. But once that – monumental change occurs that we can have a government that's you know so small perhaps we can try out ideas of you know cops courts and roads or, or you know just different types of governance that may or may not uh, work and, and it you know it's it, i think that it's worth seeing you can bring up what you want dial in toll free to 1-800-259-9231 now here's an interesting proposal and interesting in a really bad way the story is from the Associated Press. Somebody emails in asking for our thoughts on this one, Mark. How do you feel, and as somebody who spent nine years in prison? Yes, I did. How do you feel about the idea of paying for your prison bill? In well, that uh, there's a proposal in New York that's uh, basically saying you'll have to pay for everything that it will cost to incarcerate you. I well, I think that <laughs> I think that the concept has a certain amount of value. However, um, I think that when you're dealing with a monopoly on a particular product, that what you're going to get are abuses, especially if that monopoly is held by the government. So if you're talking about a prisoner having the options of how they wish to be incarcerated and, uh, you know, having to, uh, having to support themselves and being able to work, because with this remote world, Prisoners could work and make money remotely if they if they so chose if sure, that's they what they want. Customer to do. service or something. Like that. So I think that prisoners could pay their own way, but this whole idea of uh, you know putting people into state government uh, you know prisons and then making them pay for it, I think is wrong. I want to expand on this here coming up in hour three at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one because I also have mixed feelings about this. It's free talk live. Bring up whatever you want. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public. 
like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch here into the third hour of the program. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. The question to us uh, via email was about a story from the Associated Press. And the question is, how do you feel about the idea of inmates, of prisoners, paying for their stay in prison? The story is, a one-night stay, $90. Need to see a doctor? Ten bucks. Want toilet paper? Pay for it yourself. In the ever-widening search for extra income during desperate economic times, states across America are embracing a new idea, making inmates pay their debt to society not only in hard time, but also in cold, hard cash. And by the way, I I don't really care much for this whole debt-to-society idea. When you commit a crime, society, there's not been a debt created in society. Society is just this nebulous concept that suggests that people have come together for a common purpose. When your bike was stolen um, earlier this week, was there a debt-to-society? Someone tell me where this debt-to-society occurred. Mm -hmm. However, there was a debt to you. Your bike was missing. Right. So restitution should be paid to me, uh, not society. And, of course, debt-to-society is is really just code, isn't it? It's code for you pay us. We're the state. You know, you've stolen something from somebody else. You'll be lucky if the the victim of the theft gets the uh, the thing back. Right. Like if I'd gone to the police and just called the police instead of actually looking around for the bike and finding it myself, uh, I probably would not have ever uh, you know gotten the bike back. But even if I did get the bike back, there wouldn't have been any sort of restitution process. Sometimes the states, uh, the state government around here claims that there's a restitution, but really it's just money going to the state, not to the, not to the victims. Uh, so it's debt to society is just code for you're paying the state. And so now they're saying that uh, in New York, an assemblyman uh, introduced a bill that would charge wealthy criminals $90 a day for room and board at state prisons. Dubbed the Madoff bill after billion-dollar Ponzi schemer Bernard Madoff, the legislation is designed to ease the $1 billion annual cost of incarcerating prisoners. He says the concept says if you can afford it or even some of it, you're going to help the beleaguered taxpayers who pay, uh, play by the rules. Now, wait a minute. We all know that everybody doesn't play by the rules, right? Well, just about everybody has broken uh, – everybody right. has broken some law. If you're an adult, you have broken some law or another that uh, somebody got punished far more severely than you have for breaking. Several other states and some cities have gone to great lengths to squeeze money from inmates, including Sheriff Joe. Joe Arpaio in Arizona's Maricopa County, which includes Phoenix, the toughest, self-proclaimed toughest American sheriff, 
and makes uh, America's toughest sheriff, makes prisoners sleep outdoors in 100-degree-plus heat in what he calls uh, a tent city, I believe. Earlier this year, he announced that inmates would be charged a buck twenty-five per day for meals. His decision. Now, this Joe Arpaio, he's not applying that to just the rich prisoners. That's not just for Bernie Madoffs. That's for every single person that is uh, is forced to be in his facility. Right. And what you, another thing you have to realize is when. Um, when somebody's getting out of jail, uh, I can I can only speak to my particular instance. Um, that's the one that I'm uh, most familiar with. But I I would say that most states in the United States are similar, and I don't know what it's like around the world. But when you jump in Florida, you jump with a hundred dollars in your pocket unless you manage to make it to work release, and they make it much more difficult every single year. The the rules get more and more harsh for getting to work release. When first, you jump, meaning you get out? Yeah, when you get out of, of, of prison. The, so, uh, you know, first it was the sex offenders can't go. Then, uh, you know, the, then people, you know, escape risks obviously couldn't go. Mm-hmm. Habitual offenders couldn't go. You know, they, the, the people that could go we just got less and less and less. And uh, y- a lot of people going to jail, <laughs> these are the people that we're talking. These are the people in jail. So you're not giving them the opportunity to earn some money that so that they can have some money when they get out. Mm-hmm. So they're... They're that much more sort of desperate when they do get out. A lot right. of them are going to go home to mom's house and, and sleep on the couch or sleep in the old room or whatever. Some might go commit some robberies. But some really don't have any place to go, so they're going to end up at uh, at, at you know, the, the, the uh, Salvation Army or someplace like that. No place to go and nothing to lose either. Right. No money at all. $100 is what the state will give you if you have no money at all. Mm-hmm. If you do have some money, and a lot of them designed their bank accounts in, in the fashion so that they would get this extra $100 from the state. It was incredible. <laughs> they would uh, they would get rid of the money in their account, spend it all up for the so that um, for the last month of being there, so that they would get the hundred dollars when they got out. For this hundred dollars, they would suffer from not having <laughs> anything in their account for a month. It's just baffling because the state wouldn't give it to you if you had had more than a hundred dollars yeah. in your account in within the last month. So uh, trying just so hard to get around these rules, these are the same guys that you're going to send out the door with a hundred bucks, and they're going to be sleeping at the Salvation Army. Really, you you want to send them out the door with a five, ten, fifty thousand dollar bill that they've got to pay back? And I'll tell you, if it's a government bill, there's no getting around it. You're not going to file bankruptcy and get rid of it mm-hmm. like you would with a credit card. You're telling me that somebody who goes out and buy a buys a plasma TV and a boat and all those other things with their credit card racks up the debt, then gets a um, then goes into bankruptcy and has all that stuff forgiven is somehow uh, you know they're less responsible for paying their debt than some inmate. Who uh, you know had to go to prison and then was forced to pay for his toilet paper and his peanut butter and jelly sandwiches they fed him. A buck twenty-five per day for meals is what Arpaio is charging the inmates there in Iowa's Des Moines County, where officials faced a one point seven uh, million budget hole this year. Politicians considered charging prisoners for toilet paper at a savings of twenty-three hundred dollars per year. The idea was ultimately dropped after much derision. A New Jersey legislator introduced a bill similar to New York's. This one based on fees charged by the Camden County Correctional Facility, which bills prisoners five dollars a day for room and board and ten dollars per day for infirmary stays, totaling an estimate. Estimated $300,000 per year. In Virginia, Richmond's overcrowded city jail has begun charging $1 per day, hoping to earn as much as $200,000 a year. In Missouri's Taney County, the sheriff uh, says charging inmates 45 bucks per day. Jeez, I don't even charge my tenants that much. $45 per day. 
uh, will help pay for his new $27 million jail. So when I look at this issue, I'm a little torn because I feel like if you've got somebody who's actually dangerous, somebody who's a real dangerous criminal, I don't see anything wrong necessarily with essentially giving them some options. Like you were saying, Mark, you can have this crappy level of uh, incarceration or you can have this better level of incarceration where you'll have you know a little bit better food you'll have uh, a little more uh, freedom and you can work here at our little call center and take calls for best western or something like that and we'll take a chunk of your paycheck because how else are you going to get money out of these people i mean most of these folks probably don't have big bank accounts you can just tap into so they'd have to work in order to actually make some payments in a lot to the jail. of states they inmates don't get paid they're just told go work which i can tell you uh re- results in a very low level of uh, performance okay. and <laughs> and uh and uh you know a lot of people trying their very best to ditch work all the time right so i, I could see that right if you if you actually had a jail or a prison that was really full of dangerous people who could otherwise be out harming others in society. Doesn't it doesn't uh, bother me to have the, those prisoners supporting uh, the operation of the facility that is is keeping them there. That that doesn't uh, bug me. But what bugs me is the fact that in prisons today, what you have are a majority of people that are. They don't belong there. These are people that have not harmed others. They're what you might call a consensual criminal, somebody who was, you know, dealing some marijuana or or possessing some marijuana or, you know, was uh, involved in something that could otherwise be a restitutable crime. It doesn't even have to be a consensual criminal. It can be, can be an actual crime, like a bike thief or something like that. Somebody who could be just paying restitution to his victim and still be on the outside. Sure. There are a lot of people what that don't need to be What is the reason that a bike thief needs to go to jail? Punitive, now, that's all. Right. It's punitive, and uh, you know I, I understand if somebody has stolen and stolen and stolen and stolen, maybe why you would put them in jail. However, what the state does essentially tells the person whose bike who got um, stolen is, hey, tough luck, good luck, and uh, by the way, you got to pay for this guy going to jail or whatever program it is that they're going to put him in, and the the restitution isn't there. The restitution should be to the victim, and right. then. You know, the, the state really honestly shouldn't be involved in, in, unless, uh, you know, putting him in jail unless the guy's been doing it over and over and over again. So clear the jails out. Clear out all of the people that have never harmed another person. Clear out all the people that could be out paying restitution and have them pay restitution. And then I'd be okay with, you know, the, the, the vicious killers. It's happening in Holland, by the way. They're, they're, they're shutting down jails. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Hey, podcasters. FTL has a new advertiser with a somewhat unusual arrangement. They're paying us for people that fill out their online form for inspections for their basements. You won't believe how affordable a dry, usable basement can be, and FTL gets 50 bucks for everyone that fills out the online form at basement.freetalklive.com. 500 bucks off, a lifetime warranty, and a free water watch alarm. Just go to basement.freetalklive.com. Click on free inspection and estimate in the upper right-hand corner. Fill out the online form. Earn FTL 50 bucks. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. 
And those features include the uh, live streams. We've got a broadband version, dial-up version, even a webcam. It's all there for you at listen.freetalklive.com. Plus, over at listen.freetalklive.com, you'll find out more about our brand new Free Talk Live Listen lines, which are available to you any old time, the day or night, as long as you have the ability to dial long distance on your phone, whether it's your cell phone or your home phone. Obviously, if you have a cell phone, it's going to cost you minutes, but many people have the, the free nights and weekends, so you could technically listen to the entire show if you've got free nights uh, for free because the live show is there and when the live show is not on the air the other 21 hours in the day uh, you hear the most recent episode 24 hours a day so it's basically our internet stream on a phone line dial 217-238-6220 to access the free talk live listen line that's 217-238-6220 and if you didn't get that number just go to listen.freetalklive.com it's right up there at the top of the page all right we're talking about the idea of having prisoners pay for at least a portion of, if not all of, their their entire incarceration. And I say, well, I'm all right with that idea if you're dealing with somebody that absolutely must be incarcerated, somebody who has committed a crime against another person or their property that is unrestitutable to the point of they have to be forced into a cage because they're such a danger, they're so likely to go out and harm somebody else, somebody who's a, you know, a vicious killer or somebody who is a rapist or something like that. Uh, I, I wouldn't have a problem with with them paying for their incarceration. But somebody like, uh, let's see, the, this guy's name is uh, Clifton Williams. Just a quick example of somebody who should not be paying for his own incarceration. Uh, he was in Joliet, Illinois, in a courtroom there. Judge Daniel Rozak sentenced him to two years, sentenced him to two years probation. And then when he yawned, or excuse me, no, 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 it's a different guy. He was uh, Clifton Williams was in court awaiting his cousin's sentencing yeah. on drug charges. So his cousin was being sentenced. This guy's just in the courtroom sitting there watching. He yawns and the judge hits him with contempt of court 6 months in jail. Now that's a man that should not be paying to be incarcerated. He Absolutely. should not be there. And and uh, the, I'm sorry but the court says but our our jail system is full of people that uh, in my opinion should not be in jail. And I can speak, speaking as a person who was in prison for nine years, I can tell you that I felt guilty. I felt bad that people had to spend, and at the time, I would think it was 65000 was what a, a Florida inmate cost the, um, in the, the level of security that I was in, cost the taxpayer. $65,000 a year they paid to incarcerate me, and I felt bad for it. Mm. Likely, if I would have been released at the time that I was feeling bad for it, you wouldn't have seen any more crimes committed by me, but that you know that's not really the the way the jail system works. Yeah. So this is the reason that I think that uh, inmates paying for their incarcerations a bad idea. However, I do think that there is a way to make it work. I'm for the idea that uh, people should have to pay their own way, and if they manage to get themselves into jail, I think they should have to pay for their you know uh, in order to keep other people safe from them. If they're dangerous people that belong behind bars. If they're bars. dangerous people that belong behind bars. And here, look, there's some steps that one could take. Um, first off, without having to do anything with the drug laws, without having to do anything with the uh, the nonviolent uh, criminals, which I think we should do something ab- about both of those things. But here's a simple step that could be taken that essentially put all the jails and prisons, um, all the, put all the prisons on the auction block, sell them off to the highest bidder, and then give... Uh, you know, private companies the opportunity to 
go, you know, to to vie for the business of prisoners. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a prisoner goes before a judge, receives a prison uh, a sentence of five years, and pick your prison. Right. Then that prisoner, you know, they, then they go back to jail just like they all always did. Then they would. Uh, uh, you know, th- then the then they would have to choose what prison they went to after that. The prisons would, uh, you know, some would specialize in inmates that are no trouble at all mm-hmm. and, you know, able to, you know, they, they can paint a line. There are prisons right now in the United States where there is no fence. There's a line, okay? Hmm. Prisoners don't leave because they don't want to get in trouble for leaving. Yeah. Um, they're in work release. They come back when they're supposed to and, and sleep, right. and, and, and then their doors are locked. They're going out in the community working and then coming back. These things exist. This is not a crazy idea. Um, Even here so, in, in uh, Cheshire County, where we do this show from in New Hampshire, the, the jail there, some of the guys are out working on the farm, and they the, walk The convicts to walk to work. Yeah. They could just run off into the community and go, you know, harry, Kill people. You know, get, 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 do whatever it is that the people worry that they're going to do. Sure. The vast majority of them don't do this. So right. the, um, there's some prisons will specialize in low-level inmates, and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll come up, I'm sure, with their own little rating system to say this inmate's, you know, uh, eligible for this, uh, you know, this prison, this mm-hmm. one isn't, because... In the same way that um, you know, some 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 businesses uh, specialize in in catering to certain citizens, certain people, then you know, and some specialize in others. Others will will basically be the bottom of the barrel. You're only eligible to go to the Rock. You know, yeah. like somebody's going to name their prison the Rock, <laughs> and this is how you earn money. You yeah. earn money by turning big rocks into little rocks for gravel for people's driveway, yeah. son, and you can get paid. Fifty cents an hour to do it, and then the, you know at some point they'll they'll be trying to get out of there. They'll be behaving themselves in order to get out of there. You see, in a state prison, it can take forever to get transferred. They don't have the the incentives of the marketplace in order to get out of there. So, um, you you won't see the misallocation. You won't see you know inmates that don't belong with other people. One of the biggest problems with the current state system is the mixing of inmates the way they do it. Mm-hmm. I went to prison. I learned how to in automotive class. Hotwire a car. I learned how to uh, storm a bank and do a robbery just from watching people, you know, do it right out there in the, uh, the you know, there's some steps on the, you know, in front of a building, and mm. they said this is how you do it, and and, and I, I, you know, I learned all of these things. I, I didn't put these things to use, however, I did Someone learn will. them. And they're mixing in these prisons. They mix people who killed somebody when they were drunk driving. What is the purpose of putting them in there with murderers and bank robbers? They, they're mixing in people who have sex offenses. Mm. How do these people relate to murderers and bank robbers? Um, you know, I think that there should be at least four distinct uh, categories within the state system if they're going to keep that, which would be people who uh, you know harm people while driving drunk, people who do sex offenses, people who do property th- um, crimes, and then people who hurt people. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you split them up that way, in the state of Florida, they had when I was in uh, got, got out in 1996 or something like that, they had 60 prisons. You're telling me you couldn't make those distinctions in male yeah. and female? So what you're saying is that this uh, private prison paradigm you're talking about would have to come about after the reform of the laws to where there are no more people being put in that are there for victimless crimes. It wouldn't necessarily have to do that because um, even if uh, you know, even without that reform of where people aren't put in jail for victimless crimes or where people are not put in jail for not harming someone, it, you could still do this private 
prison paradigm very easily. You just there are private- tomorrow you sell all the prisons to private companies, and then those private companies figure out who's uh, will very easily, very quickly fi- figure out who's best for what jail. Now there are private prisons that are out there, and there is a lot of critique about them. But you think that comes because of the fact that they have the guaranteed monopoly? They have a monopoly. Right. And that's the problem. You're always going to get poor service with a monopoly. What they need is competition, the, and their customers are the convicts. But if, so if the prisoners... So you'll see better treatment of prisoners. Right. prisoners. You'll see better uh, rehabilitation in prisoners, because that's what all of us want, including the prisoners. They don't want to be in prison. Yeah. I guarantee it. That bullcrap about they want to go back is nonsense. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including the Facebook profile. You can go and become a fan at facebook.freetalklive.com. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. Now, perhaps you may own, or you know someone who does, a company that's struggling to collect money from past due accounts. Delinquent accounts are problematic, not only from the standpoint of diminished revenues, but business find, uh, businesses find themselves sidetracked by the arduous task of trying to collect on these accounts. Consequently, valuable time and resources are pulled away from principal operations, SACL CAI liberates businesses from inefficiencies and the vexing task of collections. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. Now, we're going to come back to the jail topic if we get a moment, but we need to go to your phone calls about whatever you want first. It's Rich listening in Massachusetts. Rich, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Rich? Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Hello. You're on the air, Rich. Hey, you guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Oh, this is a good idea. He had me for a moment. I actually thought Rich was real. Like, yeah, I thought normally, he. I thought he sounded funny. Like yeah. it was a strange kind of voice. Normally, I can spot the soundboards. Oh, uh, Peter Griffin. You're Peter. Oh, okay, Peter Griffin. Peter Griffin from the uh, the Family Guy show, right? Yes. We have had so many celebrities uh, calling this show, and this is not a celebrity show. You know, this is not one of those uh, Hollywood uh, kind of star-struck. Uh, radio shows. We don't really focus on pop culture very much, uh, but the, all of a sudden, these celebrities, Arnold Schwarzenegger, did he call? No, I don't think Arnold's called yet, actually. Hey, Peter, I find... Who is this? The, Peter, I find your chin on Family Guy to be lewd. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> that was great. did very well. <laughs> Are you, uh, so, Peter, uh, anything else you want to share with our audience tonight? What slut bitch. Thanks for the call, 800-259-9231. That's the best we could do. Deep call. All right, let's go to Bill. The the cussing part. I mean, I I thought that was, uh, you know, he did pretty good up to that. Bill in Wisconsin, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Bill. Hey, how you guys doing tonight? What's on your mind, Bill? I want to bring up a good talking point for liberty-minded people when discussing issues. I always get the questions about, oh, but what about... You know, and then they go off listing a hundred things that communities do. And the first thing I think is to remind people, you know, if you're a, you know, a statist or a minister out there, 99% of the stuff that we 
that most people like about government isn't done by big G government, it's done by community. And as liberty-minded people, we can remind people that communities would have far more uh, wealth available to them uh, to implement resources that people find to be important to them. And that, and that would create a market in those in, in the business of a community. Because essentially, they, they are a business, and I think if they operated as businesses, they would be more successful at doing the things that they want to do. Wait, now when you say they operating as businesses, do you mean the government? No, I'm talking about communities. For instance, if a community... If you, okay. Well, well if, you, if you apply the homesteading principle, essentially what a community would be, would be, would be for instance, a group of wealthy people, say a few industrialists or, or whatever, get together and they say, we're going to lay down a 10-square-mile area with road and sewer and water and electricity. Okay. These things happen. And we're going to let people come in. And so essentially you're applying the principle of you know, developing the land, um, you're talking order, about you know, a private. You're, you're talking about a privately run uh, community. You're talking about privately run community. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Privatizing the the community itself. These places do Concept exist. I'd like to point out to you. I don't know if you're aware yeah. of. Them. Oh, they do. Uh, they're all over the place in Saudi Arabia. Well, they're all over the. I don't know if they're all over the place, but they are certainly in existence here. Uh, I I haven't seen it so much up here in in New Hampshire, but I, then again, I'm just not paying. Maybe I'm not paying attention or or too familiar with the the region. But down in Florida, they have uh, Ave Maria, which is I think a, an ideal example of what you're talking about to some extent. Uh, at least as I understand it, I don't really have. I haven't done a lot of research into it. But when we've talked about it in the past, it's essentially yeah. you mentioned the big industrialist. Well, it's uh, the guy that owned Domino's Pizza is a very devout mm-hmm. Catholic, and he bought up 400 acres of land or something like that, and and essentially created his own town, his own Catholic-based town from scratch. Good for him. And so you 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 know you when you move in there, you do actually have to sign an agreement saying that you'll. Be, abide by certain rules, and uh, it's it's all yeah. it's basically what you're talking about, from what I can tell. Yeah, I think what people need to get back to is the idea of um, the idea of property versus territory, which is you know government only ever holds territory. They own things, yes, but they own it as territory, you know, not not property. So they don't have a right to anything. There's no rights involved in territory. You know, that's just pointing a gun at somebody. And saying this is mine because mm-hmm. I said so. In in a property based system, we would have essentially a network. All all market is all that society is is a network. But we would have one that's based on voluntary interaction, and that would be one that would last, which in which the connections would last longer. They would all be wealth creating inherently; otherwise, they wouldn't happen. And this would just just create so much wealth out of what is now being destroyed by these this whole political class. It's just all destruction. Yeah, even sure. even the stuff that they give out as charity. Yeah, you're right. It is it's 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 mostly destruction. You have to kind of give them a pass on things like, uh, for instance, around here the the government operates the water distribution oh, system. Oh, well, let's, let's give them the biggest thing. Let's give them every technology that came out of NASA's space race. Right. That's like the. It's the, like the beacon, the shining status beacon. They're like, oh, yes, look at all this stuff. Like, you know, cell phones wouldn't be in existence. And they go on and on about this. But what they don't realize is opportunity cost. 
is that everything that happened was just a resource, a person in a place with a thing who transformed their idea of goal. I want to communicate from one side of the world to the other with a wireless device that I can carry in my pocket, right? The guy had the idea, mm-hmm. and he implemented it. Now, he may have used the tools that were provided by government, but to say that the marketplace, that those same people on the planet in that same place with the same sort of capital available wouldn't have come up with the same thing is obnoxious. Well, you're absolutely right and about that. That's uh, what they missed. Right, yeah, right. The suggestion would be that, well, you know, the man would never have made it to the moon had it been for the, the governments. And... I think we'd be living on the moon right now if it weren't for the government. <laughs> That's probably true. I mean, if you actually look at, you bring up the cell phone, if you actually look at the history of, at least as I understand it, the cell phone, I believe AT&T had applied for permission from the FCC to allocate some spectrum and, you know, to where they could start experimenting with these things like back in the 40s or something to the point where you yeah. know cell phones might have been possible in the 1960s if the the FCC and I'm I'm very being very general about the time frames here but essentially what it is uh, the the real story is that the cell phones could have come out 20 years earlier had the FCC Absolutely. not stood in the way of progress and that's really well, the thing is government held patents on things going back to the idea you know government can have rights that it can that it can somehow, you know, exercise a sort of resource control is just dangerous because then it didn't get out. It didn't proliferate in the market. Those things didn't get out there because they said, oh, this is on a national security issue here. We can't let the Germans get a hold of this one. Right. Oh, well, well, we can't have people trans... Oh, no. We can't have people, uh, regular people, operating these radio devices. That could be problematic. And yeah. uh, so, oh, like, we're just going to hold off on this. The number one trick that the status hold off is like convincing everyone that them holding secrets and like developing technology is all a great idea. It's like oh, wonderful. We're doing it for all of you little plebeians. Yay. You like can you know, dance in your little coliseum, watch your television, you know, just go off there and we'll we'll take care of it. Don't worry. You know, uh, yeah. if, if they they never saw the internet coming, but if you can imagine like a, te- a technology like radio oh, coming on board Al today, Al Gore saw it coming. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for the call, dude. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, if if you can imagine radio coming on board today, the state would own everything because it's just too valuable. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the nice thing about technology is it does tend to move a lot faster than uh, the state agents can respond to it. It's free talk live. Talk Live. You can bring up anything even in these remaining moments of the program. The toll-free number for you is 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231. Now, our website is free. and We give you the features there. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their sites. Uh, Ours is on the house, and we do ask you to help us out a little bit. It's a completely voluntary choice on your part. Uh, but if you want to help Free Talk Live out, one of the ways you can do that is by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. And the way you do that is by going to amp.freetalklive.com and getting signed up for as little as 3 bucks a month. We can take it out of your PayPal account. You can uh, use our secure credit card form. We have some alternative methods that you can uh, send us payment. 
and it's uh, it's it's helpful for us because we take that money in and reinvest it into the program, reinvest it into Free Talk Live, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So if that's valuable to you and you'd like to get some access to some perquisites, like things like the Amp Only call-in lines, chat room, forum, the Amp Only podcast, and more, you can get all the details and get signed up at amp.freetalklive.com. Now, also, occasionally we will do some bonus uh, content for not just for our Free Talk Live amplifiers, but essentially it's content brought to you by the AMP program just to encourage you to you know, get involved in the show and, and become a Free Talk Live amplifier. And so we're going to be doing some of that here after the, the radio show is over tonight. If you're listening on our live streams at freetalklive.com or to the Liberty Radio Network at libertyradionetwork.com, you will hear the extended internet-only edition of Free Talk Live. So uh, so join us there for that because there's an extra reason to join us there because not only because it's uncensored, there's no FCC around, uh, so we'll have fun with that, but also we'll be giving away a, a Tota Sack. Now, we've been doing the Tota Sack giveaways on the regular radio show, but today we're going to do our two-pack Tota Sack giveaway during the Free Talk Live Extended Internet Edition. So stay tuned for that. But I do need to tell you about the Tota Sack. You can go to totasack.com to learn more about it. It's made of 100% recycled materials, a brilliant little handle uh, made right here in the United States that's designed to simplify all kinds of carrying tasks. I use them to bring back the groceries from the car. It is absolutely handy. And I don't I you, you would have never imagined how much you like this little handle until you've had one. Yeah. And then at that point not having one if you if you forget to bring it on the trip to the grocery store or something like that. Damn it's it. it's yeah, it's a real frustrating you know little 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 tragedy in in the day. Yeah, that's a great little tool and uh, you can go to totasack.com t o t a s a k.com. Totasack, they carry more than you can a lot more. 800-259-9231. So we, we've been talking about jail-related issues here, and Mark, you, we were discussing the idea of privatizing jails, and I pointed out that, well, a lot of people have a problem with private prisons because, and I think the reason for that is because they're monopolies. And so you had suggested, it's something that I think Dr. Mary Ruart has also suggested in her book, Healing Our World, about the idea that it's a good idea to put, you know, take the the jails and the prisons out of the hands of the government because the government just runs things like crap. But at the same time, we don't want to give a monopoly on a on a particular jail to one particular company. So what you'd had, what you'd suggested was that essentially prisoners should be able to choose the jail in which they are incarcerated. That way, the jails will actually have to compete at some level. Uh, with the other jails out there, or the prisons would have to compete with the other prisons to provide the best services. They'd be more likely to be cleaner, services like safer. So, yeah, so services like safety, services like um, uh, rehabilitation. Rehabilitation, very important. That's what everybody wants. They everybody wants when when convicts get out for them not to commit more crimes, right? Well, um, surprise. A lot of people believe, you know, this is coming from both sides. People believe that a uh, a more harsh sentence, that harder things going on to them in jail is going is what's going to keep most convicts out, and it it it's not really successful. What's keeping with the harsher sentences that we're getting now is you're keeping the people that would likely have gotten out and committed more crimes because they, you know, they're just habitual criminals. They're just staying in, which it's fine with me. I'm I'm fine with that. Those are the people likely that need to be locked up. However, 
there are a lot of people in there that that you're putting these people in with. How many of them are being trained by those people in order to be habitual criminals too? We'll never know. But uh, what about the people that you say claim they want to come back to jail, or the people of? Is that true? I just find it so frustrating when people, uh, you know, uh, espouse this. uh, You know, well, some people want to be in jail thing. You know, I've never heard it myself. Maybe there's the guy from Andy Griffith that uh, would come in and and the the drunk that would come in and and close the jail door on him uh, himself in order to have a place to sleep. I suppose that's possible. But a homeless person might want to check into jail in order to get himself some food or something like right, that. Right, for a few days or something like that. I don't know. I can't speak to that. I didn't spend a bunch of time in jail. However, I did spend nine years in prison, and I worked in the the same building from which prison were released. So I literally, literally saw thousands of men go home sitting there working day after day in the jail. I saw thousands of men leave. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have left. And not a single one of those guys turned around and beat on the sally port door to get back <laughs> in. It's None of them did. None of them you know, thought that at all. They all wanted to get out very, very, very yeah. badly. So Please don't propagate the idea that some people want to be in jail because some people don't want to be in jail. The people maybe, I was in did not. They maybe wanted to be very, very their... short sentences or something like that. You might be able to say something like that. But nobody wants to go to jail for weeks or months. They want to be home with their families. Or, the or whatever they want to be doing, out yeah. drinking or out uh, you know, doing drugs or right. whatever it is that they want to do, they don't want to be in jail. So 800-259-9231, a little bit more uh, related to this whole uh, discussion uh, is uh, of a story out of theagitator.com. Last week, attorneys for special ed student Marshawn Pitts released a security video which shows Pitts, who's 15 years old, being beaten by Christopher Lloyd, the famous movie actor. No, actually it was a police officer in Dalton, Illinois, who was working security at the school. Pitt's attorneys say Lloyd administered the beating. Did you see this video, by the way, Mark, of this kid in the school oh, hallway? This is the, 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 yes, I did. It was uh, scary. He administered the beating because Pitts hadn't tucked in his shirt, as is required by the school's dress code. When the video first emerged last week, the Dalton Police Department refused to release Officer Lloyd's name. With good reason. Lloyd's currently in jail in Indiana. He was arrested last month for raping an Indiana woman at knife point. He had also threatened the woman weeks earlier, but apparently wasn't arrested or disciplined for it. Because it's the cop's word versus the woman, right? I mean, if, if a woman comes into the police station saying, that officer threatened to rape me, who, in the, who of their buddies are going to believe her versus their buddy that they uh, you know, play poker with and drink with? <laughs> you know, admittedly, it's a it's a good way that uh, one might get out of, uh, you know, some crime or something like that that um, or, you know, uh, go go after an officer. I admit that women have power in that area with this with the sort of age of sexual harassment that's come around. But, you know, it I think that it, it speaks all the more to, you know, police aren't our servants. Um, they are not working for us. These guys feel power. It gets worse, though. Lloyd was also fired last year from another suburban Chicago police department. Now, hold the phone. Whew. You got to do something pretty serious as a police officer to get fired, right? I mean, we have shared a story after story over the years on, on this show of police doing just absolutely atrocious, horrible, terrifying, torturous things to people and not being fired for them. 
So you have to say, wow, this guy actually did get canned from a police department. What did he do? Well, he killed his ex-wife's husband in front of their children. This is the same guy that was hired by a police department in Dalton, Illinois, to police the school. He killed his ex-wife's husband in front of their children. The town of Robbins fired Holy Lloyd crap. after the February 2008 shooting, but Chicago police bought Lloyd's claim that the shooting was in self-defense, so he was never charged. That enabled Lloyd to find work at the Dalton Police Department just 11 months later. According to the lawsuit filed by Lloyd's ex-wife, autopsy reports contradict the police investigation. The autopsy shows that Lloyd shot the man 24 times. 24 times. In no self-defense. charges. They did not charge this guy. And this next police department, and I've had police officers tell me how their department is the best, and they, you know, they go through all these this rigmarole and mm-hmm. hiring the right people. And I'm sure the folks from Dalton will say the same thing. Sure, yeah. Hired a guy who shot a man 24 times in self-defense. I'll tell you what, you're dealing with the Terminator if you've got to shoot 24 times to get in self-defense. When contacted by the Chicago Tribune about this, a spokesman from Chicago PD said details of the department's investigating uh, investigation of the shooting could not immediately be found. We don't have anything to say to you about this. Yeah, they don't have to. Why no. should we? You'll pay your taxes next year regardless. Of, even if they're going on murdering sprees, people will still pay their taxes. You have no, uh, there's no way to get any justice out of the system. All right, we'll see you tomorrow night online at freetalklive.com. And if you're online, stick with us. We're going to keep going live on the Internet feeds in moments. You're listening to the live Internet edition of Free Talk Live, brought to you by amp.freetalklive.com. No FCC licensed stations means zero censorship. Call in at 603-435-1105. That's 603-435-1105. All right, this is the extended Internet-only edition of Free Talk Live. We are not on any licensed radio stations at this point, as our handy announcer Zeus had announced there for you. That means that everything is uncensored. There is no dump machine. The phone lines are open, 603-435-1105. And I'm so pleased that my new automation system worked. It's always nice when you run uh, an automation thing that you've just programmed and it actually works without any bugs. So did you what you don't have to push a button and says like the, the after show show? I had to load a, a special log for the after show. And since it's the first time we've done the after show with our new automation system in place, I was a little concerned that something would go wrong, but uh, flawless so far. So I'm pleased with that. Uh, so welcome to the extended edition of Free Talk Live. We haven't done one of these in in a few weeks. So no, it's, it's been a while. We've been uh, tacking on. I've been tacking on the interviews. Well, you've been tacking them on. I've been doing interviews uh, that have been tacked onto the show to provide extra content. Right. And uh, I've seen on our BBS where people want that content to be sliced up nicely for them. Um, a you know, apparently a two and a half hour show is uh, just too much uh, content and uh. they want it, uh, sliced up. But anyway, you know. Well, you're gonna have to start your own Mark podcast then, or something like that. Well, but uh, you know, why would I do? Why would I start my own Mark podcast when I can already have the thousands of listeners that Free Talk Live has? 
Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Targeted. I mean, talk about targeted listenership. They already choose to listen to me. Whether they like me or not, they choose to listen to me. So we're not here to do one of those. We don't have anybody to interview here tonight. We're just doing an extended Internet edition of the program. That means we'll still take your calls. If you're listening at uh, freetalklive.com to the live stream, you're hearing us uh, also at libertyradionetwork.com. We're live on both of those streams here. 603-435-1105. That's our special Internet-only call-in line. And, well, Mark, um, what, what, do I want what to talk should we about? talk about here tonight? Well, I, the first thing I wanted to talk about was this bumper sticker that we've been, uh, kind of you and I have been batting around. The Free Talk Live bumper sticker, which has been around for, gosh. Three years. More than that. No, we I, moved I, here three years ago. Yeah. We had that thing in Florida, didn't we? We did. It's a little over three years. I, I did look at three? it, and it was, I think, 2006 when we ordered those. But yeah, we've we've had the uh, the free talk live bumper sticker, which by the way, you can get one free. We still have them. There's still uh, probably a hundred or so of them left. Yes. Uh, you you can get one free. You can send a self-addressed stamped envelope to 39 Central Square, number 313 in Keene, New Hampshire. Normally, we don't give this out over the radio. Nah. Uh, 39, but you can hit rewind because you're on a podcast. Uh, 39 Central Square, number 313, Keene, New Hampshire, 03431. Send it to Free Talk Live. And now, it has to be a self-addressed stamped envelope. That's if, right. And, if and you that don't means, send that. what does that mean? Well, I... I didn't know what that meant for a while. That means that you send us an envelope folded up inside the envelope that you've sent through the mail. So you send us an unused, unlicked, stamped envelope with your with your address written in as the to address on right. it. You're sending us an envelope in which we will place a bumper sticker and return it to you. Because you're making it easy for us to send a bumper sticker right. because a, I'm you know we're we're sending you a free bumper sticker. Uh, I don't want the amplifiers to have to pay for stamps. Right. I don't. Uh, I don't feel like the amplifiers should have to pay for a stamp for you to get it back. And right. you know that's what all that means. Exactly. So, uh, so you can get your free bumper sticker. It's a, It's very nice. It's bright. It's a Free Talk Live yellow and black colors. And on the back side, there are some sponsors, and we appreciate the folks that have uh, sponsored the bumper sticker in the past. And we're looking for f- uh, people to sponsor the new batch. We ordered, I think it was a thousand stickers. Before, I think. I think it, that sounds right to me, but I couldn't tell you for sure. And it's taken, yeah, it's taken about three years to go through a thousand stickers. So essentially, that's a pretty darn quick, um, actually. I think that's what it was. Anyway, yeah. we're we're running low, so it's time for us to uh, to reorder. And so, Mark, you've been uh, pitching the idea of uh, the bumper sticker, uh, the bumper sticker sponsorship, but. It hasn't been getting much response. Yeah, right? you know, for whatever reason, it, it's, it doesn't have legs. Uh, you know, our advertisers don't want to advertise on the back of the bumper sticker. And, uh, so, now, we're selling it at cost. Yeah. It's not something where you're making a commission off of this. No. Uh, so we, we just want to get the cost of the bumper stickers covered. I mean, we could have AMP pay for the bumper stickers, but why do that when we can sell ad space on the back? And... Uh, Whoever it is gets to expose themselves to every single person that gets the uh, the free talk live bumper sticker. And, and uh, that being said, um, you know, we we decide what goes on the back. You can't just expose yourself to uh, you know thousands of people on well, for the right price. You might be able to. Yeah. Well, you know. Anything. <laughs> so how do people? It depends, I suppose, how good you look exposed. So too. What, what are the prices? Well, I mean, what does this cost somebody? Well, shoot, I've got. We uh, broke it down. It was only like a. Yeah, basically, it's uh, 600 bucks to get uh, 1,000 stickers printed. Yeah. Um, and we have, you know, the back of it is 11 and a half inches by 3 inches. So 
So you can have the whole back, you can have half the back, you can have a quarter of the back, you right. know, whatever you want to. Uh, put, Essentially, put the first people that respond are the ones who are going to get to be able to sort of decide what's left, you know. Yeah. So if you say, "I'll take a quarter of it for 150 bucks," right? Then now there's three quarters, three quarters left. So that would be kind of you know it's it's basically first come first serve on commitments um right. it, it, as far as it goes but so essentially jump on this. at 600 bucks is the back that's what it costs us to print it we're not making any money nope. on it it's just essentially you're getting the opportunity to expose yourself to the uh, you know expose your product or service to the listeners of free talk live um individually as they get the bumper sticker and uh, in exchange you print the bumper sticker Right, and you pay for the printing of the so, bumper sticker. So jump on board with this and get in touch with Mark at freetalklive.com, and he can get all the details to you. The Why specs. am I handling this? Well, I, I don't know. All right, you don't have to be, but Mark at freetalklive.com. And if that doesn't work, then we'll do what we did last time. We'll uh, we'll just auction it off to the, the we'll auction them off to the highest bidder. Yeah, that's uh, that's sort of the end of that then. But but so. we want to give you the opportunity to jump on and and get on there. Uh, so. Uh, 603-435-1105 is the number here. We still have uh, stuff to discuss. In fact, you know, one of the things we haven't really done here is been playing the the soapbox, just because I honestly haven't listened to all the messages in there and filtered through them. But I did listen to a few of them uh, over the weekend, and I found one that I thought uh, that I thought that we should share with you. And the Free Talk Live soapbox, the phone number is on the front page of the website. It's essentially a way for you to interact. To some extent, possibly with the show by leaving a message. Obviously, we'd prefer that you call in live. That's the way you're going to guarantee to get on the air is if you call in and you hold. We will put your phone call on the air. You will get on. You will get to talk about anything you want. But if you, for whatever reason, are working during Free Talk Live's live hours or for whatever reason you cannot call in live to the show, we do have the Free Talk Live soapbox. Or maybe you just feel more comfortable leaving a message rather than uh, interacting with us. I think that there are some things that are sort of funnier and more poignant if um, they just uh, if, if you could just rattle it off real quick. Right. So I'm going to share this one, which is in relation to the spanking discussion we had had a couple weeks ago on the Saturday program. This is from the Free Talk Live soapbox. Hey, Ian and Mark. I'm a father of five-year-old twin girls, and I just wanted to comment about spanking. Um, I used to believe in it. You know, I used to think uh, it wouldn't be such a bad idea, but I've come to realize it really does nothing. After doing that with my daughters when uh, they misbehaved, uh, my wife and I would do that. It, it really didn't do anything. It, it didn't change their behavior, and all you did was just get angry every time. Uh, what we've come to learn is that you need to start rewarding good behavior. You need to be positive when they start doing good things. So what we did was we actually set up two jars for them, uh, one with the, each with their names on it, and if they're good for the day, they do their chores and they listen overall. You know, for the kids still act up, but if they're overall good for the day, we put a penny in the jar. And when they have a certain amount of pennies, they can start buying things with them. I mean, we don't actually wait till they have you know, a few hundred pennies to take them out shopping. Maybe like five pennies equals uh, something at the dollar store or something like that. And uh, come to find that if they're misbehaving and we say, hey, you're not going to get a penny today. If you keep this up, get them right in line, and then they start to listen. It, it, it's been so much more effective. We've been doing this for a few months now. It really seems like a good answer. And, and I realize this won't work forever. But at least at this age, you know, it's working. And you know, we'll have to change the strategies as they get older, but uh, spanking just didn't seem to work. I mean, maybe some kids, but not with my kids. So I just have to give my opinion on that. Thank you. I love that call. I thought it was um, really useful. 
and well, it was exactly what I was looking for. The, the night that we were talking about the issue of spanking, always we get 90-plus percent of the phone calls are people saying, well, I was spanked, and I turned out all right, or uh, spanking's fine, I spank my kids, you know, but I use it very judiciously, very sparingly, blah, blah, blah. You know, so we normally get very, very pro-spanking calls. Mark, you are pro-spanking. I'm not and- pro-spanking. I'm pro pro parents being able to choose how they raise their children oh i am too but that means i get i can still have my opinion on uh, on spanking so you're you're against spanking you're not planning on spanking jack well um what i intend to do with my son versus what um i think that other parents may have to do with their children is something entirely different you know, I mean, they, they what called the a woman called in with two young boys who was basically at wit's end. She she had essentially said, "I'm a single mom. Um, my kids are, you know, if one's not pulling on the other chair, uh, the other's hair, the either the one sticking his eye finger in the eye, like she has two boys are essentially at war." She feels she has to use spanking in those circumstances, and I'm not prepared to tell her that she's a bad parent because she's doing it. Well, I am, uh, because we also had a single mom Because you don't have any freaking kids, and nobody who has kids gives a damn what you say, man. We also had a single mom call in to talk about how she doesn't spank, and she's had challenging situations as well. So now you Did you ask her if she was on uh, welfare? Don't see how that's relevant. Sure it is. One thing matters is that spanking gets children's attention quickly. And if you can uh, sit at home all day with your kid in order to raise them... I didn't bring this up to rehash the, the discussion. I understand all of the reasons to spank. I understand them. I myself would find myself getting angry and probably, you know... You shouldn't be spanking because you're angry, Ian. But that's why a lot of people spank is because some, they some lose probably their cool. do. They it's lose probably their cool. the very worst reason, and I don't think anybody ang- anybody uh, advocates spanking while you're angry. No, I don't think anybody advocates it, but I think that's how a lot of it happens. I think it, it may very well. I don't know. I think I that a lot of the people that'll say they spank and they don't spank out of anger probably are just you know telling themselves a story. Uh, but I think that what I was looking for that night were stories from people who don't spank and how successful they've been dealing with challenging kids without raising a hand to them. Because I understand the excuses, and I understand the rationale, and I can put my, I can feel like I can put myself in their shoes to, you know, to understand how frustrating it must be to have a, a child that's acting out, and to believe that, well, this is the only way to get their attention. Well, this guy who just called in said that, the way he gets his kids' attention is by threatening to withhold their penny that well, they would be having added to their jar. And, it's and, a similar story to the idea of having charts where you've got the, the stars that you get every single – like a gold star kind of chart where if at the end of the week you've got seven gold stars on the chart. And I don't know why I didn't think of this. Just I guess I'm just not a parent, so I don't have these things top of mind when we were having the discussion originally. But this is the kind of positive reinforcement that is the creative answer I was looking for. I understand the pa- parents well, at Spank, and I don't, I, you know, I'm, I wouldn't, like, not be friends with them if, if I found out that somebody I knew spanked their kids. You know, it's, it's none of my business, personally, for, you know, person-to-person basis. But on a radio show, I get to take, you know, a position, and that's what we do. Uh, but well, I, I think that um, I, 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 I agree that the studies show that positive reinforcement um, and rewards are significantly more effective than punishments in getting human beings to behave in the manner that you want them to behave. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that also that there are times when it doesn't work, and I think that, that spanking is an effective tool for getting a child's attention in the short term. I'm not for it. We don't intend to spank Jack, but 
let, let let's let's look at the situation with Jack and the way things are. And 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 by the way, I don't. It doesn't seem like a 19 month old or 18 month old probably is eligible for spanking yet. I haven't seen a circumstance where that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. He certainly does his own little thing, but he doesn't seem to be paying attention to whatever we're talking about. Yeah. So he he understands some commands or requests or words but he doesn't you know he's he's you can't really hold him responsible for doing stuff but also both of his parents are home all of the time he doesn't have this you know daycare thing going on and all this other stuff and i think that it can affect kids behavior um you know and and so if jack behaves differently than some other person's child who has two or three boys all lined up i'm not going to you know i'm, I'm not there to uh, tell those people that they're bad parents 1-800-259-9231 so wanted to share that with you as another great idea as to how to deal with kids that are acting up without ever having to raise a hand to them uh, positive reinforcements the pennies in the jar in his case gold stars in some other cases uh, kids, you know, kids like that stuff. They 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 like getting rewarded for for being good, and and I like that. I think that makes sense. So six zero three four three five eleven zero five. We're doing an extended edition of Free Talk Live here. Uh, Mark, were there were there any uh, issues or emails or anything like that that uh, that you wanted to uh, get out here tonight? Well, I've got a couple of news stories still sitting up here on my desktop. If that's okay. what you want to, if you want to do about. one, sure. Um, I've got uh, you pick. I've got. Uh, Netherlands has to close prisons for lack of criminals. Oh, yeah, we said we were going to touch on that. Uh, and I've also got a uh, story from, uh, I believe it's from Australia. Um, no, actually, it's from uh, England, where a mother has refused permission to buy wine from Tesco. Not sure about Tesco. It, it, it appears to be a grocery store, one mm-hmm. of those uh, those uh, big lots. Uh, what do they call those things? Like uh, Sam's Club yeah. kind of things. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Warehouse stores. It appears to be one of those kind of things. Because she might give the wine to her daughter. Oh boy, I hate that uh, latter part. Let's let's do them both. I mean, quickly the the Netherlands thing. Let's, okay, let's, let's rattle it that. off real quick. What what happened there? Because I mean, we know this. We're talking about Netherlands, and we went to Wikipedia because we've been confused about this before. Uh, Netherlands is the the country. It's the kingdom of the Netherlands. Yes. And then Holland, even though Netherlands is called Holland commonly, apparently Holland here in the United States by morons like us. Well, we went to government school. Uh, Holland is apparently one of the states of the Netherlands. So Holland is not an appropriate alternative name for the Netherlands. It's just what people call it. Well, it's kind of like calling the Soviet Union Russia. Okay, exactly. Yeah. And um, I'm sure that maybe in other parts of the world they call New York, uh, the United States, New York or something like really? that. Really? <laughs> um, I, I had a friend who um, – Nuevo York. <laughs> Nuevo York. Um, the, I had a friend, a, a friend of my aunt, just this older lady that they kind of you know, know out there in, in California, essentially believes that everything in Florida is Miami. And it was kind of interesting to her, you know, every time I would bring up living in Florida, she would talk about Miami. So people have a tendency to, to kind of do this. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it just kind of shows the, uh, the the ugly American aspect when we call uh, the Netherlands Holland. But the capital of the Netherlands. But honestly, I have a difficult time talking about Denmark, Netherlands, uh, you know, Belgium, uh, the, the Hague, all uh, uh, Amsterdam, all those things kind of mixed together in mm-hmm. my mind. Uh, you know, to me, they're not that much different. I'm sure that the people over there find them to be very different. Sure, but sure. I, 
to me, it just all seems the same. And, you know, it's funny how your mind stores stuff in the little compartments, yeah. and those compartments are very very close together. For now, me. the Netherlands, the capital of the Netherlands is Amsterdam. Yes. So this is the place that is world-renowned for being relatively accepting towards the idea of recreational cannabis use. Uh, as you know, if you've been paying attention, uh, the ca- the coffee shops there are are legally able to sell marijuana uh, to sell cannabis to people and they're left alone by the by the police now there have been some slight changes to their drug policy in recent times that haven't been that good they did recriminalize uh, psilocybic mushrooms which was not a good choice uh, on their part but you know what can you do right nonetheless what's going on with their jail system well, um, they've apparently having closed them. Netherlands to close prisons for lack of criminals. This is from uh, nrc.nl. Wait, wait, what, what, what about the jobs? <laughs> right, that's the thing is uh, they're going to have to cut uh, 1,200 jobs from the prison system. The Dutch Justice Ministry has announced it will close eight prisons and cut 1,200 jobs in the prison system. A decline in crime has left many cells empty. Can you imagine hearing this story in the United States? Wow, it would be awesome. Well, can you imagine it, though? I, I can't, for the life of me, imagine this. This doesn't sound like a story that would occur in the United States. We don't even want that. Well, the vast we? majority of, of Americans wouldn't even want that. They, they would consider this to be an outrage. Mm-hmm. Fill those beds with people. Sick. During the 1990s, Netherlands faced a shortage of prison cells, but a decline in crime has since left uh, led to an overcapacity in the prison system. The country now has capacity for 14,000 prisoners, but only 12,000 detainees. Ministry Justice uh, Minister, Deputy, excuse, De- Deputy Justice Minister, whatever. <laughs> they love their long names, those bureaucrats. Uh, Nebahat Al-Bayarek um, announced on Tuesday that uh, eight prisons will be closed, resulting in the loss of 1,200 jobs. Natural redundancy and other measures should prevent any forced layoffs, the uh, minister said. The overcapacity is a result of the declining crime rate, which the ministry's research department expects to continue for some time. Now, why are they experiencing a declining crime rate? Does well, it get into that? It probably. It. I. I, I haven't read the, the 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 article in total, but it doesn't seem like it's going to have much time. Um, it says most uh, some reprieve might come from a deal with Belgium, which is uh, facing overpopulation in its prisons. The two ca- countries are working out an agreement to house Belgian prisoners at Dutch um, prisons. Some 500 Belgian prisoners could be transferred to the Tilburg prison by uh, 2010. The Netherlands would get 30 million euros in the deal, and so it doesn't look like it. But mm. one really just has to ask. Well, they're a heck of a lot more lenient on possession of uh, hard drugs. Yeah, they uh, marijuana is legal in in largely effectively licensed uh, yeah. coffee bars and things like that. You can smoke it if you want to. Yeah, and you know, yeah. you just really got to. That's that's the big difference, right? Coincidence? I don't know. I I would really be interested to to know more from somebody who's actually you know living over there. That's really keyed into the news uh, and and what's happening there as to what the their speculation is to the reason for this. But uh, but it's a, it seems like a fair presumption to make that le, uh, you know less strict drug uh, control equals less crime. Jason Osborne wants to know what the telephone number is to call in. 603-435-1105. That is the special Internet Edition uh, telephone number uh, brought to you by SACL CII, of course. Uh, 603-435-1105. You can uh, take control of the Internet waves. 
Uh, do, do they have waves on the internet? Oh, electricity has to. It, it is. Yes. Solo, uh, it's pulsing. Yeah. Sixty so, hertz. Yeah. I mean, okay. Must. Six, right. Six zero three four three five eleven zero five. Um, so uh, there you go, America. If you want, uh, uh, you know, the libertarians were right. If you want a uh, smaller prison system, you want to pay less for uh, worthless bureaucrats. Well, um, didn't Portugal find that too? I mean, they did the decriminalization, and they found that crime had uh, had gone down. I don't yeah, know. If nobody wants to hear it here. They just don't. Yeah. Uh, you know, excuse me. Not enough people want to hear it in the United States. They just don't want to hear drugs it. Drugs are bad. Prison's good. They believe that prison fixes problems because you can't get drugs in prison. Oh uh, wait, wait. Yeah, you you can get drugs in prison. In there are people fact, in the world that I don't like. I want to lock them up so I don't have to think about them. Is yeah, what that's really, really what it comes it down to. Yeah. Let's go to presumably Jason Osborne. Uh, you are on the air. Who's this? This is Osborne. Hey what's Osborne, up, Jason Osborne from SACL CAI. Uh, what's on your mind tonight? You're on your own phone line. Yes, sir. So what's awesome. up? Hey, uh, I wanted to talk about the spanking thing. Yes, sir. It's come up, come up a few times. I find it absolutely. 100% ridiculous that you would need to uh, abuse someone and get them to uh, uh, do what you want them to do. I mean, uh, if you had an, uh, your grandfather with Alzheimer's uh, sitting in a wheelchair and he wasn't eating his food, would you smack him around too? Wow, great point. I never thought of that one before. And uh, and even more so, a child has uh, far more reasoning capabilities than uh, your Alzheimer's uh, grandfather does. And so my my daughter is uh, what two and a half now, and uh, she understands almost perfectly uh, what I, what I'm talking to her about. She can communicate back to me. Hmm. And uh, any younger than that, I mean, what is she really going to do anyway? She can barely walk, right? Right. I mean, what, what what do you have to worry about? People always bring up, you know, the the hand on the hot stove. It, it, what the fuck are you doing with the stove down where a baby can touch it? <laughs> what when, are you uh, doing putting your baby up on your stove? When my wife opens the uh, the oven, um I you know, I have to occupy Jack because he likes to be around her. He likes to he likes that handle on the oven in fact. Mm-hmm. He wants to open that oven. Um generally it's that's not something that that works out. I mean, it's not usually on, so it's not right. a big deal. Um, sure. he, he so can't you, so reach... you keep the little bastard away from things that can hurt him. But Absolutely. I think that what you they don't mean... You just put it right in front of him and then smack him around when he wants to play with it, right? Uh, well, I think that what people mean on the, um, the the hand on the hot stove, I think this is an old holdover from when people had wood stoves. Um, mm-hmm. I had in you know the rental house that I was I just moved out of a, I guess a couple of years ago or whatever how long ever long it's been there was a stove on the floor that I wouldn't yeah. have been able to keep him away from without something shy of a fence around it and that thing sure so you, so you put a fence around it I mean I have a fireplace in my house too and that was the first thing we did before the baby came on to put little padding around all the bricks and put a little fence around it to make sure that the baby can't get anywhere near it. I think that the uh, the also the holdover on this issue here is is that you know back in the day people didn't have padding didn't do things like this children were uh, sort of an afterthought and they got along in the world the way they got along in the world so they wouldn't have you know done as much of that safety kind of thing I do think that spanking is sort sure. of old technology. I think in the year 2009 we've evolved enough as a species that uh, we can come up with simple uh, uh, padding <laughs> to keep children from hurting themselves. So is it okay for the, uh, the the people in the bush to beat their children? Yeah, I'm going to say not. Okay. But uh, again, you're, the closer you get back to a state of nature, the you know the more abhorrent you're going to find the behavior. They probably also beat people over the head with a stick to take their 
My favorite you know, is the, um, uh, th- th- there was recently a story, a very uplifting story of a young man in uh, some, you know, African village. Pardon my, uh, you know, dumb Americanness. I don't know what African village. I don't even know where. Um, but he built a uh, windmill out of, uh, of of scrap parts so that he could, essentially so that he could have a light bulb so he could read at night. But it turns out that he could pump water up for his uh, father's dirt farm and uh, did all kinds of wonderful things. But People yeah, in the village. An excellent story. You can, uh, your listeners can hear about it on the Complete Liberty podcast. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> two, two episodes ago. Yeah, yeah, it, it was great. But um, it turns out that the people in the village uh, believe that the, uh, the the windmill is blowing the clouds away and mm-hmm. <laughs> therefore stopping rain from coming. And it's just amazing how stupid. I remember seeing a, a National Geographic or something like that. I think it was on the Travel Channel, and it was a show called Living with the Mech. And they were ready to execute this guy because. He was bringing evil spirits into the village. Wow. So they're ready to kill somebody because of evil spirits. Yeah, the people that want to put people in jail because of doing drugs aren't that far off from that particular mentality, though, right? (laughs) It's a little farther, (laughs) but yeah, I get it. The the, the, the times have not changed that drastically. So, uh, Jason, what other thoughts do you have for us tonight? Uh, Well, um, uh, what I normally do when uh, the young lady is... uh, um, you know, getting a little out of control, you know, freaking out, screaming, running around in circles. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you talking about your wife or the child? Uh, I'm, I'm a little yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to, to both of those. Okay. Um, you know what works real good? Hugs. There you go. A uh, uh, lot more productive than uh, beatings. And uh, it uh, calms, calms her right down. And uh, you can have a conversation about what she's doing. Now, is that an initiation of your behavior is affecting others? Now, is hugging uh, an initiation of force? Unwanted hugging? I don't think so, because uh, uh, (laughs) most kids like them. Good point. But you can't get away with hugging cops because, you know, without their permission, because they'll get pretty upset. Not right, but we're yeah. talking about kids. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I find that if I pick Jack up, and uh, um, at, at this point, there's really only mommy will do. He's at the age where, and, and boys more so than girls. Jason, you have the advantage of having a girl, and daddy's pretty freaking cool to girls. Yeah, um, only as of recent times, yes. I went through about a year and a half where, uh, no, I, okay. I, I was... Uh, I was to be nowhere around. <laughs> Interesting. Well, um, I, you know, and you're not as not as home uh, as much as uh, perhaps uh, some daughters and fathers. But um, I, you know, I can't just. <laughs> I have to sort of approach Jack gingerly if if he wants to play and and that kind of thing. Then I can uh, pick him up and have a good time. But sometimes it's uh, you know he, he wants to hang around Mama, and that's it's gonna be a real problem if I pick him up and try to play. Sure, and obviously you don't just save the hugs for when they're acting up, right? You. Yes. Use the hugs all the time. Hugs, uh, hugs, hugs should hugs be administered. Something you do. Yes, That's hugs should be administered. You communicate often. People need yes. people. People, uh, you know, they thrive off of contact with others. And I mean, there have been plenty of. I think there's plenty of evidence out there that shows that uh, that kids that aren't hugged and aren't loved and aren't taken care of in that way, aren't shown appreciation and love, are you know more likely to grow up to be serial killers and sickos. I. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but it's funny to me to watch uh, Jack uh, you know, is, is sort of he's, he's one of his first words he's learned. And now he knows 10 words. And one of them is no. He doesn't even know what he's saying when he <laughs> says no, but he knows no. And it, it, he's, he's just trying out this whole being human thing. So he'll wander away and play. And then after five or 10 or 
nah, it can't be 15 minutes. Five or 10 minutes, he'll wander back and get himself a little mommy fix and, you know, crawl up on the lap or get a hug and, and, you know, just hang out with mom for a minute or two. And then, then he starts to squirm and back, back down he goes to, to go off and do something that looks largely the same as what he was doing previously, moving things around, banging things on things, sorting things from one place to the other, whatever it is that he's doing. And then he comes back and gets himself a mommy fix. And so it's, it's true. You know, he wants just very much to, to, to have that, um, comforting. Jason, any other thoughts? That's right. No, that's <laughs> it. Hugs, not beatings. There you go. I appreciate that, and thank you for the call and the uh, continued support of Free Talk Live. Good night, sir. All right. Thanks. 603-435-1105. The number is available for you. Actually, maybe we should do a giveaway. You want to do it now? Yeah, let's uh, let's do it. Let's like do it. On air? No, not on air. You're going to cut the show a, short? We can take a break. We can take a break. Get, get, take a break and then come back for people yeah. going to... Why would you do that? Well, I'm going to go to the bathroom. But, okay. Uh, uh, then it seems like a good opportunity to do a giveaway. So okay. how about the first caller? Uh, well, to... well, I, and when we get back, I'll read the story of the mother refused permission to buy wine at Tesco. Yes. yes. Uh, so first caller, 603-435-1105. You get a two-pack of the Totasac, totasac.com. Get yourself these b- brilliant little handles. You're going to love them. I sure do. Uh, and they're free. So right now they are. Uh, if you're caller number one at 603-435-1105. And we'll be back with more of the extended edition of Free Talk Live here in moments. As a small business owner, you know that communication between clients and employees is essential to your company's success. Email is part of your company's DNA. But you didn't get into business to manage email. It's time to evolve with DNAMail.com. Get Microsoft Exchange-hosted email services with free activation and setup, 24-7 support, and 99.99% guaranteed uptime, all starting at $8.95 a month. DNA Mail even supports your BlackBerry and iPhone and offers a free Microsoft SharePoint Internet portal to keep everyone connected. Look, you know what it costs to set up an email system. Don't blow your budget on fighting viruses and having an IT specialist on call. Save time and money with DNAMail.com. Every standard or unlimited exchange mailbox will get a free copy of Microsoft Outlook 2007 or Entourage 2008. Call us at 800-628-3204. That's 800-628-3204. Or visit DNAMail.com and join the evolution. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Toll free. 800. Oh, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Old habits die hard. 603-435-1105 is the number you'll need to get on this extended edition of the, uh, the show. We started doing our regular radio show. We did that for three hours, and then we, uh, you know, just because we can't get enough. Of these microphone things, yeah. uh, we continue. <laughs> Egos the size of battleships. You know, to be uh, to be honest with you, though, uh, I did. I was offered by our network, the Genesis Communications Network, recently to go, to take Free Talk Live to an extra hour, and I turned it down. I said, uh, you know, I I don't really want to do it. It's just too much. I've got. I mean, I'm the affiliate relations department for the show, and I've got the website and all these other things that I've I, you know emails and. The last thing I need to do is spend another hour a night doing the actual show. It seems to me that three hours is is more than sufficient to... Three hours is a standard talk show. 
three hours plus uh, you know we've got the Saturday show which most talk yep. shows don't do as, as well so it's plenty of time for, for you to get your opinions in and your thoughts on the air I mean I've, I've had plenty of damn time over these years to spread my ideas so you know the, the show to me is about allowing you to call in and bring up whatever you want and similarly so is our internet edition here so uh, by the way I did suggest to uh, GCN that they talk to our buddy Gardner Goldsmith about giving him that hour because I think that'd be pretty cool to get guard back on uh, I'd like to see guard on the on the radio I uh I don't know whether they, you know, at GCN they like you to come with stations. And, yeah, and I don't know and if it'll happen. I if just, you don't I'm come with saying. stations, you don't really get to, you don't generally get a very good contract. I'm just saying, you know, just tried to drop a drop the name of my buddy guard there. Maybe it'll work out for him. Maybe it won't. Uh, but uh, our number here is 603-435-1105. It's the extended internet-only edition of uh, Free Talk Live, which means there's no FCC, so you can, as Jason Osborne did, uh, you you are welcome to use profanity if you want. And we're going to get back into uh, the news here. I guess you've got a story, Mark, about – what was it again? <laughs> I'm glad you're sticking with me and paying attention. Yeah. Mother refused permission to buy wine from Tesco. Oh, yeah. This is so frustrating to me. It's a, it's a story from the U.K., but it happens over here in the United States quite a bit. It's happened yeah. to me. It it's rare the that, hell out of me. You know, for whatever reason, you wander off to the, the store with a person who's under 21. And I, I my life just isn't this way that um, – you know, I would ex- have the expectation that, uh, you know, I, I, I don't even think about it. I don't think about people being under 21 and not being able to drink. It doesn't it doesn't enter into my mind. It's not it's not part of my daily life. I've got enough gray hair. Nobody even asks me for an ID anymore. So. Right. You know, so what I, happened here in this case? All right. Um, the, the a 46 year old mother was told by Tesco staff that she could not buy two bottles of wine in case she might give them to her 14 year old daughter. Um, in defense, there's a there's a picture here of the uh, the two, and in defense of them, they could be sisters. Mm-hmm. Karen, I would assume, Demello was queuing to pay for her weekly shopping with her daughter Emily when the uh, checkout assistant demanded to see her daughter's ID, but Emily could not produce any because she's 14. Yes, Miss Demello, a um, fraud investigator, was told that she could not buy two bottles of Tesco's finest white wine. She protested to three senior members of the staff at the store in Portsmouth, Hans, um, whatever that means, but they uh, told her that they backed the decision made by the female checkout assistant. Mm, they're scared. Miss uh, DeMello from Milton near Portsmouth was forced to put aside the two bottles of wine and pay for the rest of, of the shopping. She wasn't forced to. Um, she could have very well left her shopping cart right there. Yeah, that's what I did when and this happened to me. Then uh, she sent Emily off to the car, used the same till, manned by the same checkout assistant, to pay for the alcohol. So Emily just couldn't be present, I guess, which so is wait. incredibly stupid. So wait, wait, wait. What, what happened? She went back to the car and... Yeah, she, then she then sent Emily off to the car, used the same till, um, they wouldn't manned let that by happen. the same checkout assistant, to pay for the alcohol. Here they wouldn't let that happen. Probably not. Um, it, it, when this first happened to me, it was, I was so outraged by it. That uh, and in my case, it wasn't even alcohol. It was uh, cigars. Johnson, our, uh, one of our co-hosts at the time and now our we- one of our web gur- gurus, uh, was buying some cigars at Albertsons uh, down in Florida. It was, it was a 24-hour or no, it wasn't 24, but it was open late, open till you know, midnight, and it was right up before the right up before they were about to close. My girlfriend and I at the time had uh, amassed an entire cartload of groceries that we were preparing to purchase, and when they asked for all of our identification. When Johnson was attempting to purchase the box of cigars, I said, 
I took a bit of offense and I, you know, asked some questions. I wasn't being rude about it, but I asked some questions of this person. You know, is this a law or is this a store policy? You know, what's the reason for and this? That uh, th- that question doesn't amount to anything. No, they don't know. Well, they they, they, don't know. But they but they always answer the law as if the store clerk has read the law. They could have been told by their boss. It's is all it is is urban legend yeah. at that point when it gets down to the store clerk. Because the store clerk isn't going to say, look, I'm not asking unless I know whether this is the law or store policy, because it doesn't matter. They've got to do both if they want to keep their job. So the excuse is that, well, we've got to check to see uh, if you are uh, all of age, because you might have teenagers with you, and they might get their hands on the cigars or the alcohol. Which is stupid, it is because so um, if, if you d- if, if this, this only stops the person from doing it the first time. Right. Because then they know better. Right. Because then you know, well, if we want to buy cigars, if I want to buy cigars for him, then I have to send him to the car, just like this mother did, yep. um, and then I'll b- go buy them. Exactly. It just causes the the people breaking the law or the rule to be that much more surreptitious. And it causes the store to lose business. I left my cart full of groceries there in protest of this. I said I said it was asinine, and the store manager who was standing nearby exploded in anger uh, at me yeah. saying the word asinine. Another one of these these law and order morons. Um, yeah. you know. No cursing in my store! You're to leave my store immediately. And I said, fine, it's your private property, you can kick me out, but I'm not buying your damn groceries at this point. And the only reason I was ever able to get anything out of that was because I used the fact that I was on a radio show. Yeah. I, I had to use that leverage to get anything. They didn't want to do anything for me. They didn't think it was a problem that their store manager would accuse me of cursing in front of all of the other customers, you know, embarrassing a customer. I wasn't embarrassed, but he could potentially have embarrassed a customer by doing that. It was certainly an outrageous thing for somebody who was in a management position to say, you know, he's so damn clueless that he doesn't know that the word asinine is not a curse word. There, there's nothing curse-related about the word asinine. I think it's like a mule, uh, yeah. like a donkey. Um, I, the, I, I think that this is it's something that basically everybody can use. You know, I don't encourage uh, lying. However, you know, there's a lot of blogs on the internet, yeah. and it's hard to say how many people necessarily read I'll your blog. I'll post my blog if you don't. Right, I've got a blog. Good. It's very well read. I'm going to tell you know all my bloggers, all blog readers. That you can just use the Free Talk Live. You can just say you're a producer for Free Talk Live. I don't care. Right. Well, we have remote uh, producers. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, Vito, for all your hard work. Uh, so, so that, that's my story. And, you know, I've certainly told it before in the past. And uh, the, the exact episode, you can get all the details. I think it's somebody actually remembered what episode it was from back in like 2005 or something. But uh, the, the, you know, those, store, those uh, policies are still going strong today. And the, the point I was making when I said it was asinine, beyond the, the point that you say, Mark, that, well, it'll just mean that somebody will send their friends to the car or leave their, their friends in the car. What I found most asinine about it was kind of exactly what you were talking about here, where if you're asking people for their identification or you're going to refuse them sale of alcohol or tobacco... How do you deal with it if you're talking about somebody who has their 10-year-old with them? They can't show you their identification. There, there is no such thing. Are you supposed to, to tell – are you telling me that there aren't parents out there that would allow their 10-year-old to share a beer or something like that? There are. I know those parents exist. 
I, I I don't know. Yes, I know there are. I was given beer at a very young age, as I recall, and thought it was foul tasting and wasn't interested so, anymore. So is there a certain level at which if a parent's walking through a uh, store checkout lane and they've got their eight-year-old with them, you know, it's clear you're not dealing with a teenager, but aren't they in as much danger as any other young person as being plied with alcohol by a parent that is trying to ply their children with alcohol? Yeah. Why not demand identification from them? Oh, you can't get ID from that kid. So are you going to refuse sale? If you can't get ID, are you going to refuse sale to every parent that comes through with a case of beer and a kid in their cart? I, <laughs> That's why I said this was asinine. It's so stupid. I've seen, um, you know, you do a little bit of this, uh, you know, once once you have kids, uh, you do a lot of this couple family outing thing. I've seen fathers give their sons who are under the age of five beer. Sure. I, 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 you, know, I you know, why wouldn't you be concerned that they, that my wife who has Jack along might give beer to exactly. him? I mean, if you're concerned about the 14-year-olds or the 16-year-olds getting their hands on it or the 18-year-olds, then why not be concerned about the 8-year-olds? Maybe they are. Maybe they are carding moms and dads that are coming through with a 7-year-old standing next to them. I think it's just crazy. Man, we're going to need to see We're gonna need to need see both of your ideas. Oh, you can't do that? Well, uh, and in that case, we can't sell this to you. It's just nuts. So they've got to be just so scared. I mean, these stores, really, they have to be so frightened of the government, right? Because that's where this comes from, isn't it? Because there are there are stings sting operations that are done on on uh, alcohol vendors where they'll send in somebody who's you know maybe looks pretty old but they are in point of fact twenty or nineteen you know they'll send somebody in to try to purchase alcohol from a store and they're actually working as a dirty dirty undercover snitch uh, for the police and they'll go in and with a, you know wearing a wire or whatever and uh, and they'll they'll bust the store clerks for selling alcohol without carding people so now. The stores come up with just the most ludicrous policies to try to protect themselves. And and it's it's really it's it's busting the store clerk, usually finding them, Mm. finding the store, going after all kinds of people for what bad judgment on age. You know, I mean, that's that's it. I don't know. It just it seems wrong to me. I wonder how often the you know what? Here's a curiosity. And maybe one of our New Hampshire natives that listens to the show can answer this one. But as you know, we did the, the program from uh, from New Hampshire, and up here, the state is the liquor monopoly. Up here, if you go to a liquor store, it's being run by the state of New Hampshire. They are the most boring signs you've ever seen. I mean, it is, the state is just not known for being able to do anything very well. They can't even make an attractive sign for their store. It's just the most dull, fl- uh, a blue and white sign that's just awful. Anyway, I've been in, is inside one of these stores once just to look at it, and they do benefit because they still get point-of-purchase stuff from the uh, the alcohol distributors. So there's still some nice things that are in there because, you know, Jim Beam or, or Captain Morgan wants to sell you a bottle of their, uh, their, their liquor, so they get you the nice little display that makes it look pretty. So it doesn't look like a total warehouse inside, just in complete shambles and shitty condition, but uh, it's, it's bad. But how often do they uh, how often do they sting their own employees? I'm just curious about that. Mm. You know, are they are they stinging the uh, the guys working at Price Chopper and the gas stations because they can sell beer and wine, or are they actually stinging their own liquor employees? Just curious. Six zero three excuse me six zero three four three five eleven zero five. We're inside an extended edition of Free Talk Live. 
you're welcome to comment on this or anything as always. You can bring up whatever you want. 603-435-1105. By the way, uh, SACL CAI, of course, major sponsor behind the program. Also, this edition is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program, which, as I mentioned on the air last night, it's it's having a tough time. AMP's having a tough time. Uh, you know, we could use a few more $3 a month AMPs. If you can afford to give up a cup of coffee, maybe your budget is tight. And I believe that there are a lot of people out there that, you know, have had to cut out all their discretionary spending. And uh, and it's t- times are tough for some folks out there. I understand that. But if you feel like you can do without one cup of coffee this month or, or one hamburger, you know, out at uh, McDonald's or something like that, then uh, pony up three bucks a month and and get involved with the Free Talk Life AMP program because we really can take that money and we can reinvest it into the show and we can get on more radio stations across the country. I'd like to mention that uh, we will be on a brand new station in Delaware. It is an FM talk station uh, starting this Saturday night, supposedly. You know, these things don't always go off as they're uh, supposed to go, but they've already blown it two weeks in a row and this week... They're going to get it right. <laughs> the program director is back in the office, and this is one of those, you know, this is one of those stations I've been working on for a long time. You know, I started calling FM talk stations years ago just because Free Talk Live was originally born on an FM talk station. And so, you know, I kind of feel like I've got the, you know, the FM rapport a little bit better than I do uh, on the AM side. And I've just been working and working and working on this guy. And, you know, he's always appreciated uh, that I'd been calling on him and it was always very friendly. And his answer was always what you usually hear from program directors. And that is my program is OK. I'm not changing anything. But the way this business works is things unexpectedly happen. You know, you'll hear stories from people that are getting into, you know, that are that are new to radio. They got their first on air gig because somebody just didn't show up. You know, that kind of thing. Of course, that doesn't happen as often anymore because a lot of stations are completely automated. So it doesn't matter if no one shows up. But nonetheless, usually usually a way opportunity uh, knocks in this business is by somebody quitting or being fired or something like that. And sure enough, uh, one of our competitors, Tammy Bruce, who is formerly of the National Organization of Women, I think. Very odd gal. Tammy Bruce, uh, who is like, what is she, like this conservative slash? Conservative Democrat. Democrat. Very so, odd. So she had a weekday show mm-hmm. and a, a live Saturday show, much in the same way that uh, that we do. And she, for whatever reason, is no longer doing radio. Just all of a sudden, one week, the announcement came across the uh, the industry that uh, Tammy Bruce is thrown in the towel. And I don't know what that means. It may mean that well, there was contact renegotiation. People have to go, and they're all, they're constantly trying to introduce new folks to the uh, industry. But it seems like the the people that they're introducing to the industry on a regular basis are people who are, you know have some kind of name to them. Um, yes, you know, Lou TV, Dobbs. T- TV people essentially, right. and they're trying to translate that into radio and. TV Fred and, Thompson. TV and radio are different. Dennis Miller. Some people. May trans it may translate well for and some it may not. Well, she'd been on for a while though. I mean, right. I'm Bruce not saying that Tammy Bruce was one of those people. Yeah. I'm saying that some the people are going to go away. That's it. It's the nature right. of everything. So she did, and uh, and that's good news for Free Talk Live because it means we get to capitalize on the fact that she had a hundred something stations. It's like why would you walk away from a hundred plus radio stations? Whatever she didn't feel her uh, contract. It must have been contract. It must have been that uh, you know that her network wanted something out of her and she didn't want to give it or whatever. I can hardly but it, imagine. But it's good just, for us. I can't imagine her putting together the podcast and making uh, you know nearly as much money on it. I don't know what it would be like when we set up our amp program. We set it up 
with the idea that we would use all the money that came in with AMP for advertising, marketing, and promoting Free Talk Live. Indeed. Because, you know, you neither you nor I came up with the idea of, of having it as, you know, uh, money. And it wouldn't, it, you know, at first it wasn't, it, it didn't generate that much money anyway, so it was nice to have to use for advertising. And we needed that any, sure. anyway early on. Many shows just take the money and, and you use it as a paycheck. But I can't imagine her generating from her podcast the kind of money that it would take in order to come close to the salary that somebody who's on 100 stations must be making. I don't don't know, know, but I'm in the business. Is she doing a podcast? I would assume she's doing a podcast. Maybe she just walked away from it completely, said, I can make more selling French fries. I I don't know. But it was good for us because over the years, Free Talk Live has taken the the AMP dollars from listeners like you who've given as little as three bucks a month to the AMP program. You get perks, you know, the access to the AMP-only call-in lines, which uh, are available, by the way. I should have mentioned that. The AMP lines are always available when we do the extra uh, extended edition internet-only versions of the show. So we we have got the public line, which is 603-435-1105, and then there's the the secret AMP line, which is it's also available for you if you're an AMP. You know, I don't even know it. I can't give it to you right now. Besides, well, I don't you're not need an amplifier it. anyway. It's just funny. Um, so, so, so what I'm saying is the AMP program has allowed us to effectively market this show. We, we are marketing our radio program at the level of the big boys. Yeah, pretty Some close. Some of the big boys. Not Some the, the big biggest. No, we, we, we can't afford to compete with Limbaugh and Hannity and the, you know, those guys. But Bortz? We've got the same size advertisements as Neil Bortz, mm. Stephanie Miller, one of the you know hot uh, liberal talk show hosts out there. We've got the same size ads as as she does. So I think she'd like to be referred to as hot. Yeah, she's not bad, not a bad looking lady. I mean, you know, on the talk show host scale, Stephanie yeah. Miller's the hottest. Uh, I think talk show host. You don't think Laura Ingram a little hotter? No. Okay. No. It's, there's also something about the conservative thing that's yeah. just yeah, it's bitter. And then you know, with her and her whole uh, shrill screed that she did uh, at at the the recent talk sh- talkers convention, I heard she was so much better at the NAB. She lost her fucking mind at talkers. <laughs> oh my god, she, she, she was just bat s crazy. Right, she got up and she just just was supposed to be introducing like what was it, the woman of the talk radio yeah, year or something the, like the, that? Talk radio's uh, woman of the year talker. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know to identify and, and highlight uh, outstanding women in the field of talk radio because there are not that many. Uh, it's a male dominated business and sure, it's a shame. Good idea. Uh, so she was up there just to introduce somebody and just went off on this rant about, about China and foreign policy and. and Democrats and Barack Obama, and and it was just terrible. People were leaving the room. And I left was, the room. It was bad. I just didn't. I didn't see any. Why? Why do I want to stand around for this? I I didn't leave in disgust. I just had better things to do, which was you know mill about and and hustle people for uh, ads and carrying free talk live and stuff. But we were there at that convention at Talkers uh, New Media Seminar because the free talk live amplifiers paid to send us there. I don't know if I'd be able to, uh, you know, part with that kind of money to uh, to go down and, and, right. and if, do that. If, if, if assuming we had set up the amplifier program, um, and you would have to assume also that I don't know what are we getting four thousand dollars a month about that? Yeah, yeah four four grand. I say you take out twenty five percent for people who wouldn't give um, because a little more than four, maybe forty seven. I'm not sure where we're at. Whatever, I'm, we'll just use four thousand. Yeah, it, it's just it's just fake math I'm making yeah. up. Um, so, do you take out twenty five percent because people think it's a good idea to give it to us because we're not actually using it for paycheck? and hookers and coke and whatever we, we might use it on. Mm-hmm. So you call it $3,000 a month. Um, you cut that between the two of us, 
and then um, you know you add that to the paycheck, and then would you be as inclined to spend that uh, fifteen hundred dollars a month that you're getting on ads and stuff for Free Talk Live? I don't think I would. Likely, um, you know, my my pattern is is that uh, to to some extent I'm a frugal bastard. I yeah, don't. I, you don't like to spend things on things like that, no. and I have a tendency to spend to my income. I've gotten better about it recently, but. Um, you That's know, why I, your wife takes care of your yeah, finances. By and large, um, you know, we have we have investments and stuff like that. But you know, they they do take up the income because they're sort of scheduled investments. But so we were at the talkers seminar. We will I will be at the talkers seminar next year uh, because of the Free Talk Life AMP program. So you guys that are giving us three bucks a month are sending us to go and meet with the big wigs and you know press the flesh with these guys, and it makes a difference. I mean, year after year they keep oh it makes a difference. They keep increasing the uh, the role that Free Talk Live has in these uh, these events. Yeah, it does. Uh, we're important to talkers um, yep. in some way. They they we're on their radar screen. We're they they think about us. Um, we're you know, in the they, top hundred now. The, they know uh, our names. It's important to us, right? Uh, to them, and when we're important, uh, and, and also that portrayed to the the program directors who are there. And it's like, well, gosh, it looks like these kids are going to be around. Yes. And sooner or later, it has to pop into their mind that you know what, all Let's my talk show hosts are uh, fifty five plus. Yeah. Maybe we should have somebody who's under the age of forty doing a show. Because that's what that's what's hit over and over and over and over and over in these seminars is where is your farm team? Yeah. What are you doing to fill the spaces that are going to come up soon? The next generation because they just the don't know. They do not know. This is a it's an industry of dinosaurs. Yeah, they really are so clueless. Some of them. Um, so it's important for us to be there, and thank you to the Free Talk Live amplifiers. Even if you're a former amplifier, thank you because you still made all this possible. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, and and that by, by the way, reminds me we are, we've modified the the program uh, now. If you're a Free Talk Live amplifier, you can remain on the amp only email list. So if you have to leave, and you know you've got some sort of financial situation, it always feels bad leave. when they when somebody has they they say they have to go or they have to pare down yeah. their membership. Those are the ones that always seem to be to feel the worst about about it. Is I've got to step down my membership right now or my you know amplifier uh, you know contribution right now. You know having some financial and they they always have some long email explaining to us why it is that they've done it. You know, hey, I understand. You got to do what you got to do. Man. Right. I, I, I do understand that, but I, I want to appreciate everybody who's uh, who's given to the you know the free talk life and program. Sure, you get the perks and everything, but it really makes a difference in getting us out there. So I was talking about this new station that's coming on. Uh, this is supposed to be coming on this weekend, and this is one of those guys that I've been marketing to for a long time. Yeah. And if we hadn't been in as many places, you know, if we hadn't been in every other talkers uh, magazine, you know, uh, with our half page advertising, uh, we wouldn't be as visible. Uh, I've got this email list that i built over the years of 600 plus uh you know radio stations and, and this guy's been he's been paying attention to us because we have that that level of clout now and we wouldn't have it if it weren't for the free talk live amplifiers we'd just be another one of the shows on gcn that doesn't do jack squat as far as uh, promoting itself gcn great group of folks they're behind you know the guys behind the scenes they've got it down technically they get our show out over the satellite that's what they uh, they do very very well and they, they've been doing it for us for years but most of their show hosts don't understand the business they're in they, they don't know what they're doing 
they're not out there marketing themselves like Free Talk Live is. Right. A lot of they, them just imagine, and this, and this is how it is in, in, in a lot of the industries, people imagine that they're going to get on the radio and everybody's going to love them. And, uh, and shower them with, uh, with advertising dollars. Money and, and, and radio ads stations and all that. You know, people are going to flock to their door. Program directors will be all over them. No, and, it doesn't work that no, way. No, you've got to have a uh, uh, you know, push apparatus in play, right. apparati in play in order to make this happen. And what, by push apparatus, I mean... You need to have somebody who's uh, marketing the show from a um, you know standpoint of advertising and from a sta- standpoint of affiliate relations. This, the show isn't going to end up on more stations if you don't have somebody asking uh-uh. stations to put it on. Um, also, in the case of Free Talk Live, it's it's immensely more valuable that Ian does it, that you do it, um, because well, it's the show host that makes it important. Yeah, and it's the same way with selling ads for me. I can't tell you how many people say. So you say you're the host of the show? They, they, they just want to confirm that they're talking to the host of the show. and They're shocked by that. Yeah, it's, it just makes my job relatively easy. Once I can get somebody on the phone, you know, converting them into a sale is not that, um, not that darn difficult. So I, but it would be more difficult uh, if we didn't have as many stations and we didn't have the clout that, uh, that we do. And it's the free talk live amplifiers, listeners like you that are contributing $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com that make all of this possible. That's that's the reason we're on 53 uh, radio stations. So thank you. amp.freetalklive.com. I don't know, Mark, I'm about uh, down, you know, we've done an extra hour here, internet only. We've taken, taken one break, uh, so it's actually a longer hour than most of our hours because yeah. in the radio world, we've got six minutes of news and then so many minutes of commercials and... So uh, nobody's calling in. So 603-435-1105, your last minute chance to get on the extended Internet edition. I like it when we get a chance to just ramble on, um, you know, on these extended editions. It's fun. Yeah, you don't have the same pressure. And, you, know, you, you, you talk about, about the ratings. things you want to talk about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and Not that I'm worried about ratings. Let me tell you, I, I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm worried about ratings because I'm not. seems obvious to me how many <laughs> yeah. people you have on from, uh, you know, activists here in Keene, New Hampshire, yeah. which don't relate to the rest of the world. It's reality Show, Mark. Yeah, I, you, you always use that darn uh, excuse. Reality. It's a rate. good. It's a good ex- example of uh, of what it's. It's a good description of a part part of this show. It's well, let's a look, look at the ratings the of reality shows on TV. Some of them are, are damn good, from what I understand. I really? If reality shows got bad ratings, why are there so many of them? Because they're cheap to produce. Okay, so is our show. <laughs> it is cheap to produce. <laughs> I. I, 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 you know, you, you'll, you'll, you've heard it a hundred times from me. The show's too New Hampshire centric. Oh yeah, well, uh, you know, it's it's all right. We're still doing all right as far if as if you the think, listeners, if you think that the show is too New Hampshire centric for your taste, write Ian at Ian at FreeTalkLive.com and tell oh, him. Oh, and you'll be you'll be ignored because you know if you don't like it, he can't call ignore in, all of you people. Call it's in. just like the cops and their goddamn smoke out. If you don't, he can't ignore <laughs> every one of you. If if you don't like that we're talking, you think we're talking about New Hampshire too much? Call in and change the damn topic. Let's go to uh, the amp line. Who's this? You're on Free Talk Live. Hello? Hey, you're on the extended edition of the show. What's on your mind? Oh, hey. Um, Who is this? Th- oh, this is uh, Julie in Kentucky. Julie, Julie in, in did- Kentucky. Uh-huh. Um, I just wanted to call and say I, uh, I've been amping for a couple of years now. Thank you. And I don't care what you spend it on. I mean, if you if it helps make your life better so you can put a radio show on the air, I think that's all I need to know, and it's my gift to you. Well, so I appreciate you guys that. Can 
There yeah, are it's a fun time. That, that's not the first time you know somebody has said that to me. Uh, amplifiers are are very likely to say something like what you're saying. Hey, you know, we love the show. We just want to help you out. Here's here, take this. Um, but it is money that is reinvested into the, into the program, and, and that is important. Right. That's why when I gave that formula for um, amp dollars, I took out 25%, just because I figure some people you know, might not might, might not contribute quite care. as much. Yeah. And most people really don't. I don't think most people really care whether we use it for um, you know, advertising, marketing, promoting the show, just like Julie. Well, one of the things that it's also used for is uh, buying a station's hardware. We've got another station that is coming on board here again for the Saturday show, another former Tammy, Tammy Bruce affiliate. We've got at least two now uh, stations coming on board from that, which is great. Uh, but one of them needed some hardware, so that stuff ain't cheap. And yeah. I, uh, you know, I use that money to, to literally bring stations physically on the air with us. So it really makes a difference. Even if it's three bucks a month, it makes a difference. Yeah, and uh, another interesting thing about the show, I've been listening since like 2003, and you were just talking, right before I called, you were talking about how it has uh, kind of evolved into uh, kind of this New Hampshire backstory, but I think it's sort of genius, because when I started listening to the show, it was like definitely that your topics were varied and interesting, and you had a a lot of uh, different things going on when you were in Florida, but when you moved to New Hampshire, it was like all of a sudden it was Free Talk Live, the radio show, along with the New Hampshire reality show, yeah. which is kind of genius. I mean, I just think it's sort of cool. I think it's maybe the next uh, next wave in talk radio. Well, let me say there was no so brilliance involved. Right now, I mean, like, you know, I can't stand to listen to regular talk radio. I, I don't well, know. Thank you. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to be the first to say there was no brilliance uh, involved in, in making that decision. It was just kind of... <laughs> You know, later on down the line, we realized, or I realized, that there is this heavy New Hampshire element uh, to the program, uh, but it's only because of the activism here. And I, and I will point that out again and again when somebody will bring that critique forward. Yeah, talk about New Hampshire too much. We had Catherine Bleich on the show this week. She is in Missouri, and we had her on the show because she got arrested for speaking, and it was a pers- you know compelling, persuasive story of uh, of an activist standing up for freedom somewhere outside of New Hampshire. We've had Carrie Paco Ellison on the show twice from uh, from West Virginia in Charleston, mm-hmm. the man who's running the uh, the saloon that is refusing to obey the the smoking ban. So as soon as I come across a story of somebody doing something outstanding, right. uh, it it comes on the air. Oh sure, and uh, actually the threshold's lower for people around the world who are doing it i i absolutely agree with that ian i do yeah. i just think that um when, when we're talking about the new hampshire aspect of it that sometimes the segments will it'll, it'll just go too long it'll be an, a whole hour of let's talk about the activists smoking pot in central square and but it is groundbreaking it, it, it is. is groundbreaking i i agree with julie you, says it's genius mark that's all <laughs> I need to hear. Well, okay wait 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 and wait, she's wait. got let a sexy me, voice so that carries double I think, no, I do have some of the same complaints Mark has, though, because if it does go on for a little bit or, like, every night is sort of like, I, I don't know, I'm not there. So, I mean, it's it's hard to talk about stuff. If you're you're living it, man, this is your life. Yep. But, I mean, sometimes I, I listen to the show and I'm thinking, God, I remember the good old days when Walt in Kansas City used to come. Jeez, you've been listening forever. <laughs> and uh, I, or, um, they would talk about some other weird topic that was just sort of non- anything, which you guys are also really uh, good at doing. So it's just interesting to hear your take on whatever. Well, thank I, you for that. I love I, Torgo, I, I believe, is the one I missed <laughs> the most for this. Um, my friend uh, Scott, and, you know, he was just a funny, funny, 
funny man. You can <laughs> still hear him in some of our promos and if you go way yeah, back get the, get of, those. of late. But I, I do think, though, that your show is really groundbreaking in that I think, Ian, what you've done with, like, the marketing, just building it up from the, from nothing, just bootstrapping it is, like, yeah. the coolest thing ever. And that I'm actually so goes – that actually gets us some some brownie points with a lot of the folks in the industry. Uh, I'll talk to <laughs> – They can't believe it's going to be done. Right. I'll talk to uh, to people, and they will compliment me on, you know, the fact that I'm uh, – that, that we're doing it all ourselves, and they're aware of that. And, uh, you know, they, they think that's they pretty want cool. To, a lot of them want to be able to do it th- themselves. Sure they, do. they would they, – they aspire to the very same ideas, and it really they're is – They're stuck in the corporate world, and it's – If we knew anything there. about nationally syndicated radio before we started, I can tell you we probably wouldn't have uh, – you know, we had nothing to lose – but we we probably wouldn't have, have been nearly as optimistic as we were because how many shows just wither and die before um, anybody ever, you know, these self-funded shows wither and die before anybody ever gets a chance to, to, mm-hmm. to go anywhere with them? It's it's because, you know, they don't have the uh, they don't they don't have the 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 the, the abilities, the skill set that Ian and I do from. You know, being able to do sales and affiliate. Well, you essentially taught yourself how to do affiliate relations. You had some sales skills. Trial and but, error. Yep. <laughs> but you can do the uh, the, the technical the stuff and make the blinking boxes work and um, all the computer <laughs> things. You have to do all that stuff. I mean, the website doesn't get updated on its own. The podcast doesn't get out there on its own. I've you've tried to walk me through that podcast crap and. You know, I'd I'd sooner chew on tinfoil and shove bamboo shoots underneath my fingernails <laughs> than do that shit. Luckily, it's just awful. I would totally get. I would totally love learning all of that. I mean, I can. You know, this is just sort of like a new business model. Just thinking about it, just bootstrapping a radio show because of the wonderful internet. Yep, <laughs> I makes love it all it. possible. I love it. You're absolutely right, and it's uh, it's listeners like you, Julie, that uh, that really have made it possible. Any other thoughts for us tonight? Um. No, just enjoy the fall up there. It sure is pretty. Sure it sure is. is cold. My gosh, well, let me tell you. It's already snowing up here in New Hampshire. Well, mm. in the northern part of the state. It, Grafton got it. Yeah, I guess that's northernish. That, that is northernish. It's kind of midpoint. It, but, hasn't, uh, it hasn't snowed where I live, which is on the side of a mountain, and, uh, but I'm expecting it relatively soon. Julia went up the mountain uh, today, Mount Manadnock. Really? She said it was there was snow at the top. Gosh. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I, I walked out. There. I'm sorry, Julia. Wonderful. <laughs> I walked out today, and it's been, you know, I grew up in Florida, so I'm used to the weather being warm and nice. Um, it's been warm and nice all throughout the summer, and I walked out today you know, wearing a, a sweatshirt and some pants, and it was cold, and I'm like, wow, the hell does it get this goddamn cold? <laughs> I just, you know, the idea that it could be this cold, but in fact, cold is the is the default state um, with when there's not enough warmth, yeah. but it just, it, it's just not something I'm even used to, even having been through, I think it's three winters now. I'm not I've used to it either, but damn, it sure is fun being here with these wonderful people, and it makes it all worth it. It, it makes it worth it. Yeah. They seem like a fun group, and I guess maybe the the last thing I'll leave you with is like, Think about other stuff to talk about because you guys are really good at other talking about other stuff too. And every now and then you get off on these really esoteric topics like string theory or you know, you know I don't know. I, I can't stuff. tell you how many people tell us to shut up about that oh, stuff. I know, I know it, but I, I've always I'm always fascinated by what other people think about that. We've talked about but it anyway. <laughs> hey, thank you, Julie. Appreciate thank you, Julie. the call. Always uh, nice hearing from our lady listeners. 603-435-1105. She was on the amp line, uh, so we actually have another call here. On the, they're keeping us on there, forcing us. Your fourth initiation of force. 
What? Uh, no, you're, you're rambling. We, we love. Uh, yes, we can ramble on. The, yeah, the you're, you're going that whole like encouragement to show your personality thing that yes. Julie, um, you know, did. <laughs> she was really talking to me. Yours isn't that great. Go ahead and answer the phone. Uh, hey, uh, yeah, let's do that. To the uh, regular call in line, the public one, 603-435-1105. All this brought to you by Sickle CAI. Who is this? You are on the Internet edition of Free Talk Live. Hey, this is Matt from Illinois. Hey, hey Matt, Matt. What's on your mind? Um, you guys were talking about the weather. It's yes. fucking cold in Chicago. I bet. And windy. I just heard. I just heard tonight that we're having the coldest October that we've had for a long time. And I think that it's going to come your guys' way. And I want everybody to get in their cars and just start driving and getting as much CO2 into the air as possible. <laughs> well, Matt, you remind me of something I heard. I think it was on uh, NPR. I spend too, too, far too much time in the car listening to NPR. But um, it's because there's not really good talk around here <laughs> in competition. My brother Jim listens to that uh, that uh, uh, station a lot. And it's, it's a very liberal, very... Um, propagandistic station. Yeah, you've got, you've got to kind of watch for that, but I also feel like I get a lot of facts out of them, and uh, they said that this year it was El Nino, it was an El Nino year, but it was a weak El Nino year, and they corresponded that to previous weak El Ninos, and generally what that means for the Northeast, and I don't know what that means for Chicago, um, it, it, what it means for Chicago is it's always fucking cold in winter in Chicago, um, but what it means for the Northeast is a colder than average uh, winter season, so likely it's going to be colder than average up here in uh, in New England, which means that uh, at nights, at some of the nights, it's going to get down to twenty below here in southwestern New Hampshire. Yeah, it gets about that cold here in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So, Matt, anything else or just weather commentary? No, I just uh, heard you guys talking about the weather, and you, you know, I decided to call in and mention that um, global warming is is dead. It's dead and gone. I, I think that somebody ought to beat the crap out of Al Gore for... <laughs> well, he's, he's sold a lot. Al Gore is the one that I feel, um, you know, is, is probably the one that, uh, you know, has done the best with it. He's taken this little silly concept of his, and he's sold it around the world. He's made a million, a millions of dollars out of yeah. it. And, uh, you know, who can blame him for that? If Make up your own religion, Matt, and uh, sell and, and sell it to the liberals. Uh, clearly, I, they'll buy I, it. I couldn't do it. I would not. I, I, I just... My... my my morals would simply wouldn't allow me to do it. I don't blame I you. Mean, I, I feel the same exact way. It wouldn't be hard to do, you know. No, ten percent sure times. I, I do. I do fairly good writing as as Chandler Blessman, and I mean I've got uh, quite a bit of followers. I don't. I don't make any money because I'm not really trying that hard to make money. I'm. I'm sure that if I started trying, I could make something, but. Um, I do a fairly good job. In fact, the BBC almost called me. That wow. was like within a half hour. If I had opened up an email a half hour earlier on a, on a live BBC show, they requested my phone number so they could talk to me. Cool, man. Which, Where can people see your blogs? Oh, um, they can see it at, at Sander Blessman uh, Blogspot. And, um, Come on, nobody oh. can spell Sander Blessman. Come on. <laughs> S-C-A-N-D-O-R, or at AmericanChronicle.com. Or at uh, just Google I see it popping up on Freedoms Phoenix uh, from time to time as well. Freedoms Phoenix has been carrying my stuff for for quite a while. Um, they asked me to. Uh, the guy that does it is Ed. I, 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 Ed Vahale. He's the one that picks up on my stuff. 
And he actually emailed me at one point and said, you know, could you just publish it? And I was doing four or five others, and I, I couldn't really get it done. So I, I just asked him if he would please start doing it. And then I, I thought, well, you know, maybe I should. And I asked him, uh, I, I emailed him and asked him if I could do that. And he never emailed me back to tell me how or to give me an account over there. Or anything. I'm sure he's. So I'm I, sure he's a busy guy. I don't know, uh, you know, all the behind the scenes stuff. I understand they've got uh, actual staff that works at Freedoms Phoenix. I don't know how you do that with a I, website. But. I, I don't know either. Um, hey, but uh, Matt, I've got to say that yeah. uh, having met you at the uh, at, at the Liberty, Liberty Forum, Forum, yeah, the last time is, you know, to me it's a, it's it, it just sort of sums up how nice it is to get to see uh, listeners, get to talk to them, get to know who they are, because I know that. So many of them feel like they have a relationship with us, whereas it's this sort of one-sided relationship. You, I knew from calls and things like that. But, um, you know, I, I guess thanks for spending some time talking to me. Uh, you know, a lot of people will be kind of like, you're, you're Mark. I agree with you sometimes. You know, like they, they just don't know what really to say because they know that I, like the relationship's not there. So thank you for reaching out and talking and uh, answering my questions about how you found out about the show and how long you've been listening and things like that. Well, I, I, I very much enjoyed uh, talking to your wife. As you know, her and I grew up in the same area. Yep. And um, she, we had a lot in common and a lot to talk about. So Thanks for entertaining her. Really, yeah, that was really <laughs> nice to be able to do that. While I was there. I wish I could have gotten up to the uh, the uh, camping. Uh, oh, the Pork thing. Fest, Porcupine Freedom Pork Festival. Fest. Oh, come on up wow. next year. It's every year. Both of them. Yeah. The uh, the Liberty Forum, the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and Matt. Always nice hearing from you. Thanks for the call tonight. Six zero three four three five eleven zero five. We'll get you in here uh, under the wire as we prepare to wrap up the extended edition of Free Talk Live. I'm so bummed that I'm not going to be able to go to the Liberty Forum. I'm so bummed about that. I, I I'm going to have to just show I hate up. the idea that you won't be at the Liberty Forum. I hate the idea that I'm not going to be able to go to Talkers. I, it sucks. I just, it sucks. sucks. Because both of them are sucks. great events. They're great events. So Why did, what made Talkers move it to March? I'm betting you that Because people want to go to New York City no, for freaking March? No, I'm, I'm betting you it was the availability of the venue. I think they liked the venue they had this year. Which one was that? The, uh, that was the downstairs and... Uh, the, fuck, I don't know what it was called. I don't either. I can't Let's remember. go to this call, too. Uh, I like that blind place. 603-435-1105, you're on the air. On, uh, turn down your radio or your speakers, rather. Hello? Hey, who's this? Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, this is a uh, former. Uh, this is a former amplifier. Oh, My name's Sean from Denver, by the way. Hi, Sean. What's on your mind tonight? I just wanted to let you guys know that uh, you have uh, officially regained a amplifier. Um, I've been uh, listening again for the last uh, month or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, I I used to listen about probably two or three years ago, and uh, I, your show is pretty big influence on uh, bringing me into the liberty movement. Oh, cool. How'd you find uh, Free Talk Live? Um, just through the internet. I'm a okay. nerd. Well, did you find it like you Googled it or something like that? Searched it. Uh, yeah, I was look. I, I looked up libertarian podcasts, and you know, you, you guys pretty much come up on the top of the list via a, a search engine. Yeah, through Google. Okay. Well, startpage.com wasn't available. At, that's uh, that's correct. We I, you had to figure out some way to squeeze it in there. Um, the uh, now, Sean. So you you kind of uh, you listened to the show, then you stopped listening. What was it that caused you to sort of stop listening for a while? Well, there was a couple. Uh, there was a couple things. Um, one of them was uh, I think at the time I was a, a little bit annoyed. Uh, I think what you guys were uh, arguing about a lot was. Uh, what a true libertarian is about uh, is what it is, and I think uh, you know uh, 
uh, uh, Ian was talking about how it has to be a, a market anarchist, and then you were saying it could be a minarchist. And uh, from my point of view, I just didn't really particularly care. Uh, I just wanted the message of liberty to get out there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so a certain I, level I of annoyance. Yeah, and that was a, then that was probably one of the smaller issues. And then, um, another thing was kind of had a, a personal uh, uh, difference. Uh, I started to listen to another podcast. Uh, you guys have had him on the show a few times, uh, Stefan Molyneux. Yeah, sure. And I like Steph, um, but there's a few things that I, I'm not particularly happy about. But I do think he has a lot a lot of great stuff to offer, and people should listen to his podcast. I agree. I agree um, entirely. And. Uh, one thing that uh, one thing that I kind of gained from a show I, I don't know gained is the right word but um, by the way just before you go on before you go on that Stefan Molyneux uh, is available at LibertyRadioNetwork.com as our lineup there in fact it's it's a uh, it's a special feed of uh, Stefan's show it's minus the caller shows we got some complaints from people that they they can't stand uh, the Stefan call shows he'll take He'll take like a phone call from some kid that's got a, a psychological issue and and talk to him for an hour and just it wasn't really jiving with, uh, with the Liberty Radio Network audience. So if you want to hear Stefan Molyneux minus uh, some of the uh, the caller content, you can get that at LibertyRadioNetwork.com. Anyway, cool. go ahead. Yeah. Um, well, I was going to say, it, like I said, it's a personal difference at the time, at least, is how I felt at the time. Sure, this was a Sean. Few years ago. Sean, it's um, it's absolutely valid. Uh, I just want to know what listener sort of listener habits are, and it's different for everyone. And some people come and go, right? People do come and go, and I'm kind of curious, you know, what makes them come, what makes them go, and you know, like you know how that is, because a lot of uh, it it seems to me that sort of. Some um, there, there, there's this personality type out there that kind of gets their fill of free talk live, where we read a news story, say that's outrageous. What you should do is move to New Hampshire, and then you know we we do that again and again and again and again, and um, you know they kind of get their fill of it, so they go away, and then they're like, yeah, you know, I, I remember that. I'll get come back, and we've had people that do. It. Some people do it, uh, you know, regularly, um, and and I'm just I'm just curious. So, what else do you have to share? Um, uh, well, it's your guys' it's your guys' business, so I think it'd be very valuable to know why people come and go. So, I mean, uh, one of my reasons was, and like I said, it's a couple years ago, but uh, I I was a little bit turned off by minarchists. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I was a little bit annoyed by that, um, and I'm not trying to say anything too personal to, towards you, Mark. Yeah, I understand. Um, you're, you're con- and- you're, uh, believe me, it is a real issue among people that believe in no government at all. Um, that they, you know, that it frustrates the cr- the shit out of them. That that some people will uh, will still hold on to these small vestiges of the state. Why can't you make the jump that I've made? Um, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of uh, changed my mind on that, I, and, and it's and it's not. I'm, I still I still consider myself a voluntarist, um, like like Ian. Um, but uh, really, uh, to me, I, I, I think your guys' show is pretty much like it's it's bringing the most people into the liberty movement, as far as I can tell. Uh, I can't think of any other show that. Uh, reaches as many people with as strong of a message that you guys have. Even uh, even that. Mark's message is. Very strong, even on the uh, in the minarchist side. Sure, compared well, to the so, conservative I mean, clone talkers, Mark is a a, a major radical. And comparison. if you want to build build bridges with uh, minarchists, essentially, um, you know, I've I've had long talks with Dale over this, and uh, Dale and I don't disagree in real life as much as we do on the radio. It's amazing, um, but I am. 
essentially a, a voluntarist too because who doesn't want a world where people aren't coerced into doing things that they don't want to do um who doesn't want that Statist. who doesn't well but but when you're talking to minarchists yeah um so the question isn't with minarchists whether or not they want voluntary interaction uh, of, of people the question is whether or not they believe it can happen today so you know, essentially, we all want a path to liberty. We all want a path to voluntary interaction. It's just how long do you believe that it's going to take to get there? How do you think it's going to take to get there? Um, that kind of thing. I mean, there are people out there that call themselves agorists that believe that they can bring down the government and we're going to somehow see market interaction after that. It seems bizarre to me, but, you know, that's what they think, and that's how they think they're going to get there, and fine. Yeah. Um, uh, I like I like some uh, agorist uh, theories. I haven't read enough about it uh, in or, and really make a judgment on. I that, love the idea of it. taking as many tax dollars out of the mouths of the tax eaters as you possibly can. Uh, well, you have my agreement on that. Yeah. And, so, I, you know, one thing that one thing about the the minarchist uh, uh, voluntarist or whatever the hell you want to call it um, is, I, I cannot really think of many voluntarists that weren't a minarchist before. I mean, really. I mean, and that's sure. why I think uh, I think uh, Mark's role on the show is particularly important because there's plenty of people that are like, "Oh, he sounds kind of cool," and you know, and then uh, you know they'll rather get in and stay as a minarchist. And hell, I'd rather have a, a world with you know 99% less government than uh, you yeah. know <laughs> the enormous government that we have now that's you know grows by the day. Um, so, so I mean, really, that's what it comes down to. So, Sean, what uh, what was it that, you know, you said you left the show, you're a little frustrated by, you know, the minarchy position, then you re- re- you reconciled that later when you realized that Free Talk Live is the most effective uh, liberty outreach media entity probably in the world. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I wish I could be proven wrong. I, I wish there was something else. You know, John Stossel accepted, I mean, on the radio, talk radio. Um, but... Uh, what is it? What was it that made you decide that? Did you come back to our website and look at our our affiliates list after two years and say, "Wow, look at that! 50, you know, forty five affiliates or however many we had at that time." Was there something in particular? Um, well, actually, uh, it wasn't really the amount of. Uh, I don't think it's really that. Uh, I think there was two issues that, uh, not to be, uh, not to uh, sound, uh, I don't know, too lame or anything like that. But uh, there's uh, there's a couple uh, things that you guys have touched on in the last uh, few weeks that have touched my heart. And uh, as uh, and one of the, one of them is what you guys are talking about tonight with the spanking. And uh, what's uh, what's great is that you guys have the pro liberty message. But there's uh, you know to, to me the the two the two gentlemen the one guy from uh, SACL CII Jason. and the other guy that 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 called up talking about alternatives to not spanking their children and and promoting that that idea of nonviolence you know especially towards children you know that's uh, to me that was what a big uh, issue for me and uh, to, for you guys to bring that on, on uh, out to the mainstream as much as you can is uh, is wonderful. Um, and there was another issue which is kind of related, which is uh, uh, another another issue that annoys me a lot. And you guys are very adamant about coming out against is uh, uh, libertarians who believe that uh, violence is justified to take down the government. And uh, that's wrong. And that and, used to uh, be me. I mean, that, that same here. I used to be that libertarian. So. Sure, and, and you know, and the thing is, I, I can I can feel them. I can I you know I have some empathy for that position. I I can understand that because they feel they're being aggressed against, and therefore it's self defense or 
however they're going to justify sure. it. But, you know, it really comes down to it's not going to do any good. You know, nothing's going to happen. But, I mean, that's what the state wants. That's yep. what makes the state grow. It gives them that that uh, excuse to buckle down on you. Absolutely you know, cause no right. Because no one's going to be thinking, oh, these guys are breaking down uh, storefronts and whatnot. Oh, these are great guys. Let's, uh, let's let them run things, you know. They must have a positive message. No well, one's thinking that. Sean, Instead, they're like, we need more. Sorry. Oh no, go go ahead. Uh, you know the, what people are going to think is like, oh, we need more police protection. We need more stricter laws. Yes. We need all this stuff to protect us. You know, they're not going to think. You know, these guys, you know, breaking crap and throwing bombs, are you know uh, going to have a positive message. It's right. just not going to happen. I, right. Otherwise, the otherwise the American people would have embraced the uh, the so-called anarchists that are out there breaking storefront windows and and uh, and stuff like that. Uh, they would be uh, war- warming up to those guys, and they aren't. Also, the people that uh, you know believe in violent overthrow of the government, they they don't have much of a plan beyond Afterwards. that. Yeah. It's really the ideas. It's seventy and seventy-six all over again, baby, and let's do the to it. Well, what they're Tar not feather them, hang them, hang them high. What they're not taking into consideration is a. It's not the Enlightenment, motherfucker. Um, you know, that the, the people, the ideas of the Enlightenment are not as pervasive as they were in the, um, you know, early... 18, um, 18th century, early and mid 18th century. You don't have that phenomenon going on. Um, s- secondly, the, um, you know, the statism, socialism is a huge part of our society now. What are you going to do when you get rid of the government? You're going to have to negotiate with all these statists and socialists that have been brought up on the teat of the state, um, and in order to put together this constitution. You're really better off with the crappy constitution that we have today than the one that's going to appear after you kill all the bureaucrats. What you're going to have to do is slaughter about 80% of the United States population, including some of your kids in college and their professors and people you know and love, if you don't want to get if you, if you yeah, want to well, get rid that, of this government. And that's presuming you make it out of your neighborhood alive. I mean, before you, you, know, you kill two cops and you're about to well, kill I'm one talking cop about, and you're done. I'm talking about a successful right. liberty revolution. There aren't it's enough people that even believe in the ideas of liberty, even if you're talking about the ultra-conservatives and things like that, so many of them are pro-liberty except what, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it just... If you think about it, it just doesn't work. You're absolutely right about that. Sean, final thoughts? I'm going to wrap this up here. Um, uh, all I will say, I mean, in, in, uh, on the same note, um, a good society is made up of good people. You need an aggregation of good people, and you just can't have good people that think violence is acceptable. So when are Absolutely. you moving, Sean? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, you know, I've even considered. You know, I've been. I, I'll be honest. I have been considering that. I've been uh, throwing that, around, that that idea around to move to New Hampshire, but I'm, you know, because I am actually looking for a new place to live. I lived in Colorado my entire life. So. So what's um, your objection? You know, uh, I will be honest. I mean, the, the weather doesn't sound too good, but, you know, I, I do. You live uh, in Colorado. It would be, it would be real. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not much It's not much worse than Colorado. I'll give you that. I can't imagine but, how uh, it is much worse. I don't know. You'd have to check Wikipedia. But to me, coming from Florida, I, I you know, the difference between uh, zero, uh, t- temperatures of zero, um, you know, zero, I don't even know how to describe it, zero at night are really not much different than temperatures of 10 below at night. I, I I can't see a difference there. Yeah. 
Well, you know, and I've been starting to think, you know, maybe that, you know, because uh, I've been thinking about moving to places like California and other places like that. But, um, you know, the thing is, is that I wouldn't mind having some friends that, you know, think alike and whatnot. Well, and let me tell you, you'll have like, them. I mean, if you, yeah. if, if you have the ability to speak to other people and you're not t- deathly afraid of coming out into public, uh, you will have friends that are waiting here that want to get to know you. I mean, there's 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 a handful of people that don't ever make themselves seen that we know are around here, but you know, most people are very social. And in fact, there are a lot of people that are a lot like you know that I have in common with uh, somebody like Mike Barsky, who wrote up a great essay about this at Freekeen.com a while back, talking about how he used to be a, a total hermit when he lived out in California. Rich Paul, the guy who is putting together the the cannabis celebrations, also said that he felt like dead to the world before he moved to New Hampshire. And these activists are really coming out of their social shells as well when they get here because there are so many like-minded people that they can link up with and inevitably sure not everybody's going to get along with everybody else anytime you get a group of people together there's going to be disagreements there's going to be some you know some clashing of personalities but in general you're going to find people that you gel with you're going to find people you enjoy spending time with and uh it's been a wonderful experience for me i would i would never kind of I don't regret it at all moving here. So I hope you'll. I hope what you'll do is come up for the Liberty Forum perhaps uh, next year, or come up for the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and then see for yourself what it's like being amongst a a real community of Liberty activists, as opposed to just a handful of uh, you know people you might know. People really just don't have a concept. Uh, honestly, I don't really know many people besides my girlfriend. That's, That's a sad it. statement. I mean, it's so true for so many people, though. So come on up. Bring your girlfriend yep. up and uh, enjoy a weekend up here in, in March next year at uh, the Liberty Forum. You know, I, The whole I, I, hotel I, smelled like marijuana smoke <laughs> last year. I'm not sure that that's a big selling point for I'm just everybody, saying, but it did. How many know, times has that happened? For me, that wouldn't be too bad. Say again? For me, that wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, exactly. I'd be, I'd be at the 420 smoke out every day if I was up in New Hampshire. Well, cool. you know, I don't I don't like to pressure people into making a decision to come up here um, because I think that people need to, to to come up here when it's the right time for them. But I don't I, I you can't even give you can't even speak um, with any kind of clarity as to what it would be like for somebody to come here who has never had the experience of being around enough libertarians. There's so many people here that believe in liberty. It really is a plug-and-play friendship network up here. You ought to to figure out what you're going to do about a job, but it's kind of hard because I find that New England's a little more insular, and they like you to be... Uh, you know, in here here before they want to give you an interview. So that makes finding a job kind of tough. But as far as finding a place to live, it, you, you go to sentinelsource.com. Um, if you're You've got a housing forum at uh, freekeen.com. Right. Housing is relatively easy. If you have money, someone will give you a place to live. That's that's never a difficulty. But jobs, you know, New Hampshire's doing better on jobs than most places most places in the country. Yeah. Uh, well, I work in in IT, so. You know, uh, it's a pretty good uh, demand for that. So Indeed. I'm not sure if that would be a, a huge uh, uh, problem. Sean, thanks so much, uh, and let us know if we if we can be of any assistance in, uh, in helping you with your decision. But I think that uh, once you come here and get a taste, you probably will wonder why you didn't do it sooner. Cool. Man, that, that uh, sounds great, and I'll give you guys a call in the future. Thanks. And uh, thanks, expect brother. my amplifier email tonight. Excellent. Thanks for coming back. And uh, just a reminder to anybody that amps, I do process those on Saturday, so expect me to take a few days to get around to it. 
Cool. Thanks for the call, Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. All right. I am not taking any more calls. What about your um, AMP program that you've uh, supposed to, this, this computer program that's supposed to be set up that does it automatically? Has that not yet been done? You know how the programmers are, right? I know the uh, computer programmers do seem to, to work on their own schedule and, and you can yeah. lump it or, um, you know, whatever. My guy is uh, is very good at what he does and also very busy and, uh, you know, I, I take what is I he can give you get a it. discount or something? Not, not really. Well, then why not get it done? <laughs> I can't get it. I've been working on getting it done for years, and uh, hopefully it will get done this year. And I don't I don't know what, what else to do about it, Mark. I mean, All right, I've been, man. I've been trying to right, automate right, right. the AMP thing forever. I'm sure he'll hear this and, and consider this a poke. Well, uh, anyway, let's. Well, somebody's calling in here. 603-435-1105. Trying to prevent me from getting to my dinner, I see. Who is this? This is Keith and Keen. Oh, hey, Keith. Keith. What's on your mind? Hey guys, so I was wondering what happens with the money that um, you make via Amazon.com? It goes into uh, my bank account, and then I spend it on show-related things because, you know, I don't really... First of all, there's no point in me keeping money around because it just might get stolen by the IRS someday. So I have a a real incentive to spend, uh, you know, essentially if if I don't have enough money from AMP to cover something that I need to cover, like buying a new satellite receiver or something like that, then, you know, it comes from my bank account. So that's that's money that, that benefits the show indirectly, not... It's not specifically tagged for that, but uh, you know, money that comes comes to me gets reinvested into Free Talk Live. Right. There's uh, two advertisers that uh, Ian sort of brought along before I came on and took over advertising. Ian had uh, uh, the Free State Project and Amazon. So those are the two sort of ad. Uh, They're grandfathered in. Yeah, basically. that 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 we do not split. Both of those are oh, all so Ian's. Free State Project is with Ian. Yeah, that's correct. It's all Ian's money. Oh, because I didn't understand that, Mark. Sometimes you seem to say things that kind of indicate otherwise. Oh, um, sure it, yeah. You you had a dispute with me saying something to the effect that um, it is uh, you know that, that I'm cutting off my nose to spite my face if I talk crap about the the Free State Project. But I would like to point out that just as Ian said, um, he really doesn't. He's a frugal little miser. Everybody, he sits in here. He doesn't spend his money on much. Um, his money really does go into the show that I work on. So therefore. Yeah, it's it's hard to hold against him. The money I, bought a, he... I bought a generator this year, not to keep myself warm when the power goes out, but to keep the uh, streams on the air. Right, and I mean, <laughs> I can't I can't imagine what it cost to buy a generator, but I'm sure it was uh, four figures, and it didn't start and that it didn't start with a one. No, it didn't. Um, so you know, when when Ian Ian spends his money on things for the show. Yeah, and and the activist movement uh, as well. I mean, I'll uh, when I, you know if uh, Richard, uh, one of the the local uh, activists, the minister of propaganda in the area, is uh, is doing something, collecting money for, or if he's not collecting money, but if he's collecting postcards for Kurt Hoffman or somebody else that's been jailed, you know, he's poning out poning up the money for the postage on his own. That's one of those things where I'll you know throw him a twenty dollar bill or whatever. Whenever I get a chance to uh, to put money back into either the show or the movement, uh, that's that's what I do because I'm you know I've dedicated my life to this stuff. And like I said, it won't do me any good just sitting on the cash. First of all, the cash devalues over time, so there's there's one reason to spend it. And uh, and secondly, you know, there's always the IRS. <laughs> so I have uh, hey, all Mark, kinds of incentives to spend what comes in. There's a nasty rumor about you, Mark. I just wondered if it was true. Oh, yeah, okay. It's it's the it's the podcast. He's Go gay. ahead, lay it out here. He is gay. The rumor is that you are actually a voluntarist. 
not an awesome minarchist like I always thought. Well, I, I think that I explained <laughs> this just just now um, here on Keith the air. Keith is the political activist of the year, by the way. Yeah. Um, Keith, Keith deserves all praise that uh, anyone might heap on him. Um, he's a little weird, but uh, he's, he sure is a, a very active man. <laughs> and uh, thank goodness we have him um, you know, here at the Free State Project. Here in Keene, actually. But whether people people like to, uh, to 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 guess whether or not I'm a voluntarist and and in fact playing the heel of a minarchist on this show and that kind of thing and here's what my philosophy is my philosophy is that um, people are scared to death about certain things when you talk about liberty by and large it starts out with cops and roads um, and it will at some point or another get around to uh, dispute resolution and uh, courts. I think that there is, you know, no good reason to get into a conversation with people about these particular topics. And if those are what they're concerned with, I'll take liberty in all the rest of the areas if we can, you know, keep the government in cops, courts, and roads. Then I think that once people have had a paradigm shift in that area, we can look at voluntary, uh, you know, sort of sorts of governance in those areas. I'm all for that. So I'm kind of... Uh, an incremental voluntarist that believes in uh, properly framing the 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 arguments for liberty, the, uh, the 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 statements for liberty. That's kind of what I am. I think that uh, when when Ian gets in here and says, "I think that eleven year olds should be able to suck whatever cock they wanna," oh, that that does I never not. Said that. What what do you think? Explicitly. Hold on. Explicitly, right? <laughs> don't make me don't make me back you in a corner here. Um, you know when when he says I don't think like eleven that, year olds should be thrown in jail for doing such things. Do you think that people that get eleven let eleven year olds suck their cock um, should oh be thrown God. in jail? Can we have to go there. Let's not. Do, this That's, is very explicit. Well, then why say it? <laughs> You're the one that said it. Well, I mean, it's it's the podcast, and this is what it sounds like to people. Yeah. So when you go into the areas of uh, uh, like this, this you, <laughs> you turn people off to the message of liberty. I hate talking about things like that because yeah, it's all very interesting until you're talking about my eleven year old sucking cock for money. Well, for money, I'm even more okay with it. <laughs> Keith. Yes, I agree. Um, Jason Osborne does rock. You are right. <laughs> Thanks, Keith, for the call. All right, now I'm about done here. I'm, right, I'm hungry. You've got a wife and kid to get home to. I, so... My wife and kid are long asleep. They, right. there's, there's no excuse on my part. I can stay here all night at this point. Well, then you can stay here all night if you like, but I'm going to go get some dinner, and I uh, wish you adieu. It has been an extended edition of the Free Talk Live uh, radio show. We left the radio. We did the Internet version. That's why you heard all kinds of uh, cocks and fucks and we didn't throw a cunt out tonight. Yeah. Now, that doesn't go on to any regular um, radio, right? We are on the air probably right now in Los Angeles. Well, wh- because what? because some station, some pirates will pick up the, the Liberty Radio Network feed. There's at least one that I know of in okay. the L.A. area that is uh, is airing this. So it's very well possible we are being heard on the radio in certain places. But I don't think that truly mat- truly matters if it's on a pirate, right? No. No, it doesn't matter. Okay. So... Uh, so yeah. By the way, I generally don't say it. The reason I uh, used it in that particular instance was to show how abrasive how, uh, it is. Yes, to people. it was very it was abrasive to me. <laughs> abrasive to me, and I support people being able to make those decisions for themselves.
And by the way, I did suck cock at uh, at 11 years old. I know you did. Yes. I know that it, it bothers everybody. Um, and, <laughs> you know, I think I find it disturbing, but I'm not prepared to throw the, the kid that uh, exchanged video games um, for uh, cock sucking in jail. I'm not prepared okay, to throw good. you in jail. I'm, I'm just not. I, I, I just don't know. I met that guy later on at uh, one of the uh, the radio remotes <laughs> that we went to. Because, you know, I was the intern at yeah, the radio yeah. station for a while, and I'd go sit at the radio remotes, and the, the guy that I had uh, sexual playtime with, I guess you could call it that, I don't think that any, I don't recall any uh, ejaculate or anything like that, but again, it was a long time ago. Hmm. Uh, but the, the guy was there, and uh, we had a nice little chat, so everything's fine. So. Uh, now this this right. begs questions now, man. <laughs> so this was going on. You were you were uh, you, the 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 blowing was taking place, and there was no culmination of the recall. blowing. I do not recall at thir- that. At si- the kid was sixteen, and you were yeah, eleven, right? He might have been more like fourteen. I, I don't know. Man, at fourteen, I was uh, although I wasn't getting BJ's, I was certainly uh, you know ejaculating. It was all by myself, but I don't think I was doing that good of a job. <laughs> I don't really know. Don't have a uh, didn't have a base of comparison or anything like that. I, I don't so. either. And I didn't really get any very many. How often does this happen? Too many questions that I don't recall. I mean, it's it's been a long time. Well, I understand uh, it's been a long time, but I mean, next door can, to me. Can you get um, Can you get me in the ballpark? Did it happen two dozen times? Did it happen mm, half of a dozen times? Hard to say. I mean, we played hide the cush a few times. What does hide the cush mean? <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Where did you put the koosh? Who put the koosh where? In various different hiding spots. What? There's only so many places where you can hide a koosh. Somebody stuck the koosh in somebody's butt? <laughs> Is that what happened? I don't understand what that means. I, I don't know. It's possible. That's a possible hiding place. I, I don't even know. Hide the koosh. <laughs> what? Oh, Yeah. Anyway. I understand it's something you wouldn't want to talk about, but you brought it up. No, it's not that I don't want to talk about it. If I didn't want to talk about it, I wouldn't bring it up. I only ever bring it up in relation to when you go crazy and start talking about 11-year-olds sucking cock. Because <laughs> then I talk about how my life would not have been better had I had to go to court and you know go through all of whatever the hell. You know, it was a completely consensual act. When I always bring that, when I bring that up, I bring up the point that I was able to consent and I knew exactly what it was I was doing. Not that I knew my, te- I didn't have technique or anything like that, but uh, <laughs> but you know, I I knew that what I was doing was essentially uh, child prostitution. Like I was aware that I was getting financial uh, benefit from performing a sexual act. For my next door neighbor, I, 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 and, and and you don't know how many times this this uh, took place. You just don't. You don't even have any concept. Mm-mm. No, couldn't it, remember that. Could much. it be? Could it have been a hundred times? No. How long did you not. live? How long did you live next door to the guy? Uh, well, he wasn't there the whole time. His family was. Uh, you know, he had some problems when mm-hmm. he was a teenager. And sure, if you're getting eleven year old boys to suck your cock, it sounds like you got some problems. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe a couple of years. Can't tell you for sure. Very, very, very yeah, yeah. There you go. All right. So now I am really done here, and we're moving on. All right. I, I wish I had some kind of dirty little uh, sexual <laughs> secret, but you know, gotta say, relatively normal life in that area. There arena. you go. There you go. All right. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. I don't think we have anything else to pro- uh, plug tonight. We talked about SACL CAI. We talked about the AMP program. AMP.freetalklive.com has brought this. One hour and 40-some minutes extended edition of the show. And so I'm out of here. We'll see you tomorrow night, freetalklive.com. We now return you to your regularly scheduled stream programs. I think. Maybe not. Oh, darn. The automation has failed. It worked.
and then it, it was didn't work. working, and now I don't know what it's doing. Let's try this here. Got this uh, spiffy new automation system that I really am enjoying and really tends to work most of the time. So I'll just tell you what it was supposed to tell you. If you're listening to freetalklive.com, you'll be joining the current episode in progress. If you're listening at libertyradionetwork.com, you'll be hearing uh, the Onion Radio News, followed by Gardner Goldsmith. And so we will see you here again tomorrow night at freetalklive.com. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.